Your show will go live in five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Blog Talk Radio. Don't worry. Do you want to kick on your music right when mine ends? Yeah. Do you have it ready to go? Yeah, just a sec. Yeah, I do have it ready to go. Let's do that. That way it's no awkwardness. All right. Except for us talking about it. <laughs> that's, what, that's what these shows are all about. Well, mine anyway. Yeah. Not, yours... Uh, I know you're not slick, but I try to be even less slick. I'm going to out-not slick you. <laughs> oh, let me get let me get on uh, Ready Mysterioso uh, website and uh, on the, in the chat room here so people can interact. All right, here it goes. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Banal of America Audio with your host, Tim Banal. Come on, there we go. Oh, you probably you know, can't hear the, it. The whole extraterrestrial thing is not uh, not a viable solution to this. We we need to go f- through a turning point in the study of of this whole domain, away from ideology. We're not here to prove that we're being visited by you know aliens from this planet or that star. That may very well be true, but we have not done the basic work. I have this hunch that the um, that this that this phenomenon is um, comes from, comes from some sort of domain of pure information, and the fact that it can interact with us at all suggests that uh, that we inhabit a domain that's also pure information. Are we uh, well conditioned here? Yes. in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents, the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about Radio Mysterioso? Just enough time for me to go and pick up some um, something to drink during the show with just tea. Can you hear me? No commercials, no subscriptions, no network, no rules. Any day, folks, no comparison. But tonight, of course, is a comparison because simulcast. 
uh, I was thinking this is our third simulcast now, so maybe we're getting better at it. I think so. Yeah, I didn't even realize that we'd uh, done one last year until you said we've been doing them for, I've been doing them on your show for what? Did you say 10 years? 10 years, yeah. I was telling Greg tonight, we were talking before the show, uh, I thought we had started the year in review at the end of 2008, but then I looked and I had done a show with Greg in February of 2008, where we did a year in review for uh, 2007. So this is our 10th year uh, doing years in review, which is kind of weird. 10th anniversary special. Yes, yeah. It's a 10th anniversary. It's crazy. It's, uh, yeah. I enjoy the, I, I do enjoy the year in review, though. So it's it's cool. Uh, for folks who don't know, we're doing this two nights. So we're doing a Tuesday night show, too. So here's here's what I noticed, um, which, like, blew my mind. And it was on the phone with you, so you know I'm not bullshitting. Um, so I was looking up when you first appeared. Uh, I guess part, just to explain a little bit, part of the reason I wanted to do the two nights is because uh, I didn't know this was the 10th anniversary, but I knew we've been doing this for a long time, and this is the final season of Been All of America, and we're almost certainly going to keep doing the year in reviews, but it's like, well, I want to do something special here. Greg has the record for most appearances on the show. I didn't get a chance to count them up yet, but I'll, I'll know by Tuesday night. So I, I want, as I said to Greg uh, when I was trying to put this together, it's like I wanted to do something epic here to celebrate all the years of uh, of fun we've had. Well, but All of America, because I don't know what the hell kind of permutation is going to uh, afflict the program going forward. So once the season ends. So that's why we're doing the two nights. But what blew me away when I was on the phone with Greg was uh, I went to look to see when I first had him on the show. And I'm not like a crazy synchronicity guy, but this one was kind of weird. Um, it says, in an interview session which spans two days, uh, the 23rd and the 24th. So we, we uh, 2005. So, so almost, so, so, so what, what is that? 12, 12 years ago. Yeah. Uh, you first, you first yeah. appeared on the show over a span of two days. So it's like, you know, we're, we're ending the thing on a two, on a two day thing. And I had no idea. And just, I just found that out while I was on the phone with you earlier tonight. Two, two days. That's how long. Oh, because you, um, took two days to, um, to broadcast it all, or you, you chopped it up into two days. Cause we talked about, so it was a project beta interview. Right, right. But we actually taped it on two different days. Oh, okay, okay. It seems yeah, to be uh, August twenty third and August twenty fourth. So it's a pattern. I think. Uh, I think we must have finished the finished the show, and then that we were like run out of time or whatever, and was like, let's do this, let's finish this or whatever. Yeah, you. Um, and you mentioned that. Uh, well, uh, I've known Tim since then. Um, we've known each other a little bit better since then, to the point where um, I took Tim's job on uh, Coast to Coast. Yeah, not in a mean way. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he's he he got kicked upstairs and he offered it to me. I think people kind of know this, but we don't. Neither of us talk about it very much. Yeah, yeah. There's no point in really talking about it. But but I guess for the <laughs> sake of the show, just to explain to people, because uh, right. it's going to be kind of a, kind of an exhaustive year in review. Because I I do all the uh, daily articles for Coast to Coast. I'm uh, the news editor, so I write all these articles, and I've been doing. The year here, you know, obviously I've been writing articles all year, so, and I just did a crazy sort of year in review wrap-up over the last couple of weeks, which is just Tim going lives through all it. the stories. We, yeah. we just dabble. Tim lives it. Yeah, yeah. So I so I have like a, I wouldn't, I, yeah, I guess you could say I have an intimate knowledge of the craziest stories of the year, because I cover them as they're happening, and uh, so, you know, when I was putting together the list, I was dropping shit 
on on Greg where it was like, we got to talk about Amelia Earhart. I don't know if you're <laughs> so so you know there were happenings in the Amelia Earhart world this year. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah, well, it's every few years somebody says they either found something or they see her in a picture. I think that's all of those have happened more than once. Oh yeah, yeah, but this one was particularly uh, particularly crazy. Um, yeah, but we'll we'll get into that. We have a scorecard. Uh, okay, all over the you want you want to so. go by scorecard? I was just going to dive I, right into that one, but uh, <laughs> oh wait, that eh, doesn't matter to me. Yeah, you know what? Let's talk about that. Throw people off. It, is, yeah. it shouldn't be in order. So, yeah. Well, the crazy thing about the Amelia Earhart story that happened in June was uh, the what makes it noteworthy, I guess, because you're right, this sort of thing happens all the time, um, was that they built like a huge History Channel special around this photo that uh, purportedly showed her and the guy, Fred Newton, in captivity. Yeah, um, standing on a dock was, or something in the background of some picture. Yes, yes. And it was like an event. You know, it was an event type thing. And, uh, it got huge coverage right after July 4th. So it was like, it was like July 5th. And uh, it went like everywhere, and it was like, is the Amelia Earhart case solved? And then uh, within like two, it was a total, uh, it was like total alien slide thing. You know, within two days, uh, someone had found the picture, and it was like, it was from a different place, and it couldn't, I think it was from the island, but it was from a different time frame or something. Yeah, it, it could have possibly it been be. them. It's this weird thing where it, with the advent of the internet, skepticism is, has um, taken a huge leap, and like where somebody can not only challenge something immediately, they can find the information almost immediately. Um, they did that with the Chilean UFO video, which we talked about. Well, we were going to talk about it, and then we realized that it had happened right before our last year in review. So we did it on the year in review last year, yeah. Yeah, but the point was, just like the Roswell Slides thing, as soon as the information is available to everybody, it's, in a lot of cases, easily checkable. So it's funny because people are getting more and more insane, but also the fact that you can check on this insanity, no matter you know, no matter what it is, is also kind of strange, too. It's, it's, uh, I think it's good. It's good to have that balance. It's just that the, the craziness wins out because people like craziness. Yeah, well, it's remarkable to me in a sense where it's like it says something, I think, about um, about these mysteries or whatever. Because it's like, in a lot, these people, and it, it happened with the Chilean UFO thing, too, so it connects to that in a sense. Because it's like these pe- people, uh, the Chilean UFO, the alien slide, the Amelia Earhart photo, it was like, the people who get this stuff... And I understand why, but it's still frustrating. And there's good examples, you know, where it's like they get the stuff they think is the breakthrough. And instead of, like, vetting it, just just dropping it out there and being like, hey, everyone, look at this. See what the fuck you think it is. They they sort of, like, build it up and, and make a big – like, and, and, and release it having concluded already. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Before, yeah, because it's, you know, it's all about the likes and the hits and all that. And so there's a lot of um, paranormal news sites that do this. They just, they get real excited about something they posted. And unless somebody kind of picks up on it and says, oh, wait a second here, it continues to spread the the myth or whatever you want to call it of the story continues to spread. And even if there it is debunked or whatever you want to call it explained, People are waiting for the next one. And then, you know, there's this, there's this actually not a subset, but there's kind of a, a majority of people that are into it. As soon as you explain it, they get mad at you. <laughs> and I don't, 
I guess I understand that, but I also don't understand if you, like Bill Moore said in the 1989 speech, are you really interested in finding out what the truth is about this, or you just want to? He didn't say this, but uh, you know, just you just want it to be a circle jerk forever. If, if you want to do that, then w- why do you bother? Why do you bother everybody else with this if you can't look at this objectively at least once? In a, well, actually, once in a while, all the time. Right. Well, it's just. Yeah, like I said, it's frustrating and odd, where it's like, just release the stuff. I, I get what you're saying. It's like, for hits and stuff. I, I get that. And like for the people with the Amelia Earhart thing, it was like they had a whole TV show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, like that and was they huge. didn't bother to check. That's that's another thing. You, you, you know about TV shows and movies. They will have guests on to talk about stuff, but oh, don't, don't equivocate and don't be skeptical about it, because then you can't be on the show. Yeah. I have been on shows where they say, you know, okay, we're going to have you talk about this thing, and, and what's your opinion? I say, well, it may or may not be this. What do you mean it may or may not be? I say, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. I may never be sure, but um, it looks like this. It, it could be a load of crap, but there's other things about it that aren't. Well, you can't do that. You can't equivocate on the show like that because people won't understand. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say something I don't believe just to make it sound good on the show. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, and they move on to the next person. That's alien astronaut theorist, you know. Believe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. it's weird. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. They, the they, le- the yeah. belief must not be um, uh, countermanded or whatever the hell it is. You you can't question the belief in a lot of ways, and I'm all about questioning beliefs. Mine, everybody else's, skeptics, believers, everybody. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, then the. To follow through the story, yeah, so then they, the guy found the thing, and he debunked the picture, and then it was just like, it was sad in a sense for me, just uh, just because it was like, then everybody fucking laughed at, you know, it turned it into a huge joke, you know, it was like, ha ha, and it's like, you never want to be on the receiving end of the ha ha, um, you know, at least if you're into these mysteries and stuff, it's well, like, oh, yeah. you dick, you yeah. know, like, why didn't you, why didn't you vet this thing, guys, like, what the fuck, and I guess History Channel. They were like, "We're, we're. This is, this is startling. We're going to look into this." And then, like, never said anything else about it, as far as I can tell. Oh, they don't so. care that they can go on, and whoever is associated with the show, it's just a show. They don't care about that. But the people associated right. with it, the people whose opinions they took and all that, they've got to bear the brunt of it. Um, I mean, it's kind of a chicken shit thing I do, I guess. But, the, but I can't. I don't go whole hog on anything really in the paranormal because invariably, either you're not going to find out what it is or somebody's going to say, did you even look into this? This is why I listen to skeptics and skeptical groups and all that. I want to see if they have a point. And sometimes they have a really good point. Ari, you know, um, the Chilean UFO video and the Roswell slides and to some extent the um, Aguadilla, Puerto Rico video. And now I'm just seeing some skeptical stuff come up about the uh, Nimitz video, the Tic Tac video, I think. Yeah, we should talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of that shit too, and it's kind of adds like a, an unneeded like eight, eighth layer to this long disclosure <laughs> story. Yeah, no one. Yeah, we have enough shit to talk about with that. Yeah, which is why I haven't talked yeah. about it on my show really, because everybody else is talking about it. Yeah, it was the big. Uh, I'd say it was the biggest story of the year, but it's like yeah, it's too. We were joking about it, uh, or laughing, or talking, or whatever. Uh, you and I, when we were setting this up, where it was like, you know, this is we we talked about we were setting this up like before Christmas, I think. So it was like it had just happened. It was right. like, shit, everyone's talking about this. We're gonna be completely out to lunch coming out in early January with this stuff. But it's like at least now we have the perspective of uh, of some time 
to catch our breath a little bit from it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, w- I was on a show the day after the news conference. I was like, blah, 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 you know, what's your opinion? Like, uh, it was with Soraya. And I really didn't yeah. have much to say. And I ended up repeating myself because, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't like squeeze an hour out of what I was thinking about it yet. But yeah, now there's been some time, some reflection, and um, I guess people are waiting. Uh, let, it, let's steer clear of it for now because it'll just take over the conversation. Exactly what we don't want it to do, you know, so. Yeah, we'll pivot now away from that. We'll tease. It's a tease. Yeah. They're like, uh, oh shit, they're going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but yet, yeah, it, it happens. It, yeah, it happens. So I'll just say this before we get into it, or you know, we'll push that off to later. But yeah, it it, uh, it it happened too late in the year for us. It's it, it's all still speculative. You know what I mean? So it's like, forget all that. You know, we can't really. Uh, <laughs> We, we we don't know exactly whether it's a it's a it's a bombshell, a bust, or or a breakthrough. You know? Yeah, we don't know yet. We're waiting for waiting for the next act. Beginning of the year was the um, the Mufon uh, John Ventry um, scandal, which might have killed Mufon. Yeah, uh, this was a bad year for Mufon. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. was a bad, very bad year for Mufon. Um, I mean, I just don't even know what to say because. Uh, they, it, yeah, it was a doubly bad year because, um, without getting into the DeLong thing, that was a second, a second body blow to the organization at the end of the year. Yeah, to and, make them uh, even think, less relevant in in a lot of ways. Yeah, because it was like first they had a high profile incident of racism for folks who are who are listening to this like in the future. Yeah. May four <laughs> you know? on on May fourteenth, I think the first person that made a big stink about it as. Uh, as uh, and I had him on my show about uh, uh, a couple of weeks later. This is still up the Roddy Mysterioso site. On May fourteenth, Lon Stickler from Phantoms Monsters, Phantoms and Monsters, posted a screen grab of um, John Ventry's uh, uh, racist comment, which I am. You can find it if you look. I'm not going to give anybody. Uh, I'm not going to give anybody that would agree with him the satisfaction of reading on the air. But it was it was like yeah yeah. There was absolutely zero doubt that it was a completely racist thing. And the, yeah, it's a very touchy subject. He, yeah, the whole thing makes me uncomfortable, to be honest. But it's like, yeah, he, he said some, some seriously racially charged shit that was offensive um, yeah. to, I'd say, throwing like, most, the, peop- most yeah. thinking people. Throwing <laughs> like, the run by a bunch of old white guys uh, thing uh, about MUFON and ufology in general into sharp relief. Exactly. And then MUFON issued a statement that, like, equated the people who were offended with uh, with him and saying sort of like it, it was – it was they, ironic in yeah. a sense. I hesitate to get into politics, but the whole thing, like with Charlottesville, was it mirrored the Charlottesville thing before Charlottesville happened? Because Mufon was like, "There are bad people on both sides," essentially. Like essentially, yeah. what, what, what Trump said that everybody got. So it was amazingly prescient. It was like, "Wow, did this, I saw this happen with Mufon like two months ago. What is going on?" But that was their attitude. There's yeah. bad people on both sides. Yeah, the uh, the response from uh, Jan Harzan, the director of Mufon, said something like to the effect of, "Who is worse, the hater or the person doing the hating?" It's like, what? yeah, you mean people that point out this guy's a racist piece of shit is are just as bad as him? What kind of a reaction is that? What kind of a public reaction is that? Is that? Yeah, I went on. They have they took that whole page down where uh, John Harzan's thing within about three or four days because about a hundred people, um, Ryan Sprague and and Robbie and 
and uh, I think Nick Nick quit his uh, position at the MUFON Journal over it. Um, yeah, and me and a few other people just basically said, "Are you are you insane? What is wrong with you?" Um, and they they didn't you know I don't even think Harzan responded to it. they just took the whole thing down. That's how that's how ridiculous and badly handled it all was. Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever like. I don't think he's spoken to that. I think he's been on a few shows, but I haven't heard. No, he deflects uh, him, it. Him address that. Yeah, he was yeah. on um, uh, Kevin Randall's show, I think, within a month or so. And as far as I remember, he just deflected everything. He just would not. He wouldn't defend Har. I mean, uh, Ventry, but he wouldn't. Def- you know, he he just kept trying to uh, steer the conversation away from it. Instead of just saying, look, I yeah. screwed up, I'm an idiot, you know, he gave us a lot of money, we were in a tight spot, yeah, it was a bad decision, you know, please don't judge MUFON on that. It's like, that's all he had to do, and he didn't do it. See, I didn't hear the show, so I can't say, like, uh, I can't critique Kevin Randall, but I would I would just take the words that he said and throw them back at him and be like, what exactly did you mean? <laughs> you know? Well, and then um, pe- this was right before Roswell, and pe- people started um, quitting in droves. Yeah, um, lots of, especially state directors, because they, you know, it was kind of the it's kind of the last straw. James Clarkson, who I had on my show, he was the state director for Washington State for many years. Yeah, I read years. his blog. He wrote a blog post. Yeah, he just wrote a big it. long thing about it, and it was great. I read that. Yeah, yeah, and um, he said that um, at we were talking a little bit about MUFON and some other things in Roswell at a dinner, Peter Robbins um, uh, invited us to a dinner and I had, I didn't realize I had met Clarkson before, but I had, I found a picture of us sitting right next to each other. I didn't realize this was going on, but he said that uh, during that, I saw his arms like moving like back and forth very purposely, like he was bending something under the table. It turned out he was bending his MUFON director's card or whatever, his membership card into little, into over and over again, his plastic card till it broke into pieces, and he threw it in the trash as he left the restaurant. Wow, this guy's life's like a movie. Yeah, yeah, kind of, and you know, <laughs> and it's I'm pretty much on board with you know everything he said there. He's, I asked him what his ultimate goal was, and he goes, "I want to meet an alien." Who doesn't? So, so he, I told him to yeah. get in contact with Jeff Ritzman. So, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, everybody's splitting off and doing their own thing. I think they are. Some of them are. What I feel bad about is the people that are still with MUFON, and that's the only outlet they have for their interest. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. For all the shit that I that I and others gave DeLong about how it's a money venture, and I still think it is kind of a money venture, uh, it's like if I... Let me put it this way. If I won the lottery tomorrow and I had like $500 million, I'd one of the first things I'd do is just be like, I would call every move on state director and be like, okay, why don't you come work for my organization? I'll pay you like 20 grand a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> As opposed to doing this shit for free for a, a group that doesn't respect you or, you know, or, or, or anything else, you know, they have to pay the same price as everybody else to go to that symposium thing. It's like, they should be comped. That's insane. Yeah, I know. Like that's just basic human decency. So, anyway, I, we we could talk this thing in in, in the ground. I, I am all Tim and I are both, I think, answering uh, messages and and uh, chat rooms and stuff while we're while doing the show. So I'll, I'll try to stay on point here. But anyway, it's the bastion um, of the yeah, we're, we're it's the bastion of the uh, of of the uh, simulcast. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's the it, it's. I don't see 
what MUFON was irrelevant before. Now it's just like I mean, this was the most most anyone's talked about MUFON in in years. Anyway, as crazy as it sounds. So yeah, who would have thought it would have been brought down by some racist asshole blathering online? You know. Well, now that you put it that way, it seems perfectly reasonable. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those yeah, one of those things that, in hindsight, you're like, yeah, well, of course, but. You know that to me, it was a real left field moment for me. I was like, "Wow!" I mean, I've been I've been saying get in two thousand eight or nine. I gave a talk and I said, "Get rid of all the large UFO groups," and people walked out of the sh- out of the talk. They were so pissed yeah. off. Not to say that oh, I know, but that was my idea. Then it's like, look, they're not doing any good. They're just recycling the same thing. Um, it's a way for people to get their to get their UFO porno fix in a more you know direct way, uh, for the most part. And then apart from, apart from that, all they seem to be doing is gathering data, which is fine. But as um, Valet pointed out recently in, the, in this last year, actually, during the uh, uh, contact in the desert, that it's the old adage of garbage in, garbage out. If you have three or four or five or ten different organizations or sources or whatever collecting information with their biases, how are you going to make a, a working database that does anything, really, except for that just gives you statistics? You can't make comparisons. You can't do anything because the data was gathered in a way that is not consistent. Or if it is consistent, it's only consistent for one organization, one culture, one mindset. Like, you know, what if there was a MUFON in what? In Pakistan. You can't integrate their data with the data from MUFON here. You can't. It's just that people see things differently. They report things differently. They're tabulated differently. Everything is called something Except different. Except for like the, time of day. Time of day. Language is different. <laughs> yeah, time of day and colors or something maybe. But the, you know, even colors might be you know, culturally. Yeah, colors might even. Yeah, culturally yeah. Um, uh, specific. So I don't even know if the, the, the day of data collection is, I think that might have had its, uh, is, you know, has seen its end too maybe. And it's, it At seems least on more, that, yeah. It seems yeah, more yeah, like people so. should be gathering subjective impressions and letting the people talk, no matter what they say. So he's the the point is that even as a data gathering organization, I don't really think it's really worth anything anymore. And they've proved it by having these secret space program doofuses uh, starring on the uh, at the MUFON conference this year. I don't know what they're going to do next year for a follow up to that. And they oh, said it was the be best disclosure, it, dude. It's going to be. It's going to oh, be all this, that's right. All this yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. They're going to jump on that bandwagon, and who knows what's going to happen by then? You know, maybe they can. Maybe they reintegrate themselves into the into the uh, into the myth. I don't know. Well, you, you know, I, I hope uh, not. No, no. Well, we'll see what happens. It's it's a it it it's good for like two people, uh, people like who are into this stuff and don't want to. Like, let's say you don't want to go on a ghost hunt, dude, but you're only interested in, in UFOs. It's like, what are you really going to do uh, if you want to actually do something? It's like, if you want to actually investigate cases, it's good for people like that. You know what I mean? Some guy in Tennessee who's really into UFOs, and it's like, wish I could do something. You know, it's good for like folks like that, and, and it's good for the people that see things, because they have someone to talk to. But as far as like the organizational structure of it all is like, I wish they that, didn't have MUFON to talk to. <laughs> well, it's, that's yeah, you know, who else are they going to talk to? That's the point. They have no one else to talk to about this. Well, I don't know. So. Uh, Davenport, uh, Peter Davenport, the UFO Reporting Center. I guess they can call into him. But the point is that um, I think when people have an experience at this point. 
I think there's a lot less people, including press people and even even academia and people like that, that will laugh at them. The thing is that the the next step is, like I said, to talk to people on a personal level and let them tell you what happened to them while making sure they're not apparently not too insane. That's kind of hard to tell. You have to be somebody that's been into it for a while. Um, Clarkson yeah. is actually trying to start his own organization, which is following some of these uh, uh, these protocols. And I would really love to have him on when he gets it going to tell me about what he's doing and how his small group, which I think they should be small, is uh, dealing with the subject. Because if you've got a hundred small groups dealing, or a thousand small groups all dealing with an aspect of the phenomenon, I think you can come at it from a way that emulates the phenomenon, which is why I have that t-shirt that says, uh, mimic the obliqueness of the subject. You know, yeah. um, Don't say it's all one thing, because it's not all one thing. It's really obvious that it isn't. Yeah. Well, it's like, what's the goal of the organization? To just collect data? Um, right now, the goal of MUFON, according to Clarkson and a few other people, is basically to make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that about MUFON. Yeah. But, I mean, what's the public thing? Just to collect data, I guess. You know, Yeah, They're I guess not just... collect data, and they say, for the benefit of mankind. It's like, no, it isn't. It's for the benefit of your board of directors. It's just a huge, yeah. Part of me, I'm not one of those people that's, like, conspiratorial too much, uh, but <coughs> part of me do, does suspect, like, some element of conspiracy just in the sense that it's, like, so poorly run. Like, how else would... <laughs> how else can you explain how poorly run it is? You know what I mean? Mm, I wouldn't put past uh, what incompetence that you could put down. You know, I wouldn't call something conspiratorial that you could only also put down to incompetence or you know a heavy belief system or whatever. However, um, if you want to talk about that and uh, not to get back to uh, to the Stars Academy and Bigelow, but Bigelow was paying Mufon for a while and and vacuuming up all their data. And essentially, that was going to the government, whatever you think of, you know, government conspiracies or whatever. People like um, Erica Luke's were telling me that a while back. She goes, I don't I think, you know, I think some of that information is going um, places we don't know and that uh, we don't have access to, which is not what should be happening with MUFON. And she wasn't the only one. Other people were saying this, too. And I was like, nah, nah, you know, don't be so. And as it turns out, at least during the Bigelow tenure, yes, it was. 2007 yeah, to or 11 to 13 or 9 to 11 or whatever it was. And God only knows what kind of access he could have gotten access to all the previous files in years worth of stuff. We don't have any idea. Uh-oh, what did Erica just send me? Uh-oh. Tell Erica Luke's we're doing a live show here. I did. I did. She just sent me a um I pay the director's message from Jan Harzan on the, in the MUFON journal. Oh, it looks like he's he is a he he is addressing the uh the DeLong thing, the story in the New York Times and uh cautioning that um what what is being said. Intelligence minds must wonder what is really going on behind the scenes and this was one of the reasons for the theme of our 2017 MUFON symposium, the case for a secret space program. I am not going to read any more of that because it's it's Yeah, God bless him. That's a great way to sl- sneak a plug in. That was good. He yeah. got us. He snuck a plug in on the on the year in review show. <laughs> He's. I don't even know. They're if they if, if they they should be on their hands and knees, hat in hand, asking Tom DeLonge to buy their <laughs> organization. They're like, hey, can we just get some more of that funding that you guys you guys were giving to giving to Bob Bigelow? Like, we'll sell out. I don't yeah. know what else. 
you know, like I said, if 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 I was if I was what, it's gonna, position, what is it going like, to take to make you go away forever? <laughs> right, like this guy. Uh, I don't have his name, but the guy who left uh, Bufo and he's forming his own thing. It's like if I was him, I'd be just be on the phone with every one of those state directors, being like, "Jump ship, come to come to this group, and we'll you know, we'll start over on our own." Yeah, but I don't. It, it takes a it, and you'll and you'll get I mean, a, you'll get a, a desk with a with a with a little plaque and and a, and a badge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I met some guy that like was a I don't know if he was the director or he was like a part of Move. It definitely a, a, a an official, let's say. Yep. With Mufon in like Nebraska or something. He seemed like a great guy, but it was like it was it, everything's on such a local level. Like I said, it's like it's for people in 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 Indiana or whatever that wanna that want to investigate UFOs. Yeah, and, and in now, a hands-on way, I guess. Yeah, I now they, they have, can't now they can't do it really unless they form their own groups, please. And if you don't, too bad. I'm I'm almost thinking too bad because the small groups are the ones that are gonna they're gonna push this thing forward because they don't have a they don't have a big um, you know what they don't have a big uh, structure there telling them what to do. The other cool thing about a small group, which I think is is would be great, is if when the small group is done with its purpose, disband, which is going to be really hard for people to do. I think that's a really another good part of what should be done with a UFO study is uh, study something very intently for a while, disband the group, and then um, maybe reform at some other point and with different people and go on doing something else. That's exactly what UFOs do, so why not do the same thing? It seems completely disorganized, but I think that disorganization is going at it with a, with a right brain instead of a left brain, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's... They will never disband, though, because it's like, they'll only disband when they oh, run out of money. Yeah, people love joining up with stuff and waving banners and wearing the same hats and all that. And it's like, oh, God, that's just what the UFO wants you to do. And anybody yeah, else is trying not, to keep you from learning anything. Yeah, and it's not like the people at MoveOn are having some kind of crisis of conscience where they're like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, what have we done? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so they're not. So we can cross that off the list. So yeah. they're just like they're probably their attitude is probably like, "What's your, what's your problem, man? <laughs> like, why you keep bringing that thing up? Why are you such haters? You know who's who's worse, us or you guys that are doing the hating?" <laughs> I want to like move on, but it's too. It's so old school too that it's it's just like it's it's. I like it's the like people. retro. It's yeah. like retro. Yeah, I like so the people. Funny. I just don't like the the what's done to them or and with them and with all their effort and all their wishes and hopes and 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 money for Christ's sake. Yeah, and it's like they don't learn anything from the conspirators. It's they should have they should have like made Stan Friedman move on president since he does all the media appearances like you know, no one knows who the MUFON president is. And ostensibly, the president is supposed to be some kind of figurehead in conspiracy world. So it's like, put put like a Rich Dolan in as the MUFON director. So at least then when they're on TV and shit, and they can send someone who is ready to go on TV instead of the guy who was on Daily Show and they made a huge joke out of. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Who was that? The previous guy. Whoever, whoever. Uh, oh yeah, I, I can't remember who it was either. But yeah, they the guy just walked into a trap. As I remember, he was too. 
sincere and maybe not like, you know, he's not Hollywood hip where you know somebody's messing with you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the circumstances necessarily of the interview in the sense where it's like, did he know he was going on The Daily Show or not? But at the same time, it's like, yeah. you don't see, you need somebody who's a little more, who's a lot more media savvy than that. Certainly not uh, the guy they have now either. So that's why I like these, these groups have like celebrities sort of as their heads and stuff. You know, I thought, I thought Dan Aykroyd was like an honorary guy. Like he should, I guess he, he's, I guess he doesn't want to go around doing UFO interviews and stuff, but uh, you know, they need somebody like that. That might be something. At least he's, um, he knows how to be articulate in front of cameras at, at a drop of a hat. Yeah. Right. Charlton Heston. That's what Jim Laddick is saying. Yeah. Like a Charlton Heston, uh, was with the, uh, NRA. You need, uh, somebody. Oh, right, with, right, with, right. With move on. And, but the thing is with, with, um, Ackroyd, uh, maybe I could cut out or something, but it's like, uh, he's, he's like an honorary, like board of director or something like that. But, uh, Clearly, he's not a you know he's not doing anything for them. <laughs> he, he's not doing a whole bunch of interviews like advocating for UFOs. So you need someone who does that too. Yeah, they they need a spokesman. Although I am loath to suggest how, how to save Mufon. I think it should just die a uh, die a, a continue dying the painful death that began at the beginning of this year. And I'm and like I said, I'm so sorry for all the people who put in all the time and all that, but it's just it's unsavable. It's not it does nothing to solve any problems. It perpetuates itself like like Clarkson said, like a like a company that just produces they had a founder that wanted to produce these beautiful widgets that he'd uh, invented. It's like this widget will save everybody and it's a great product and here I'm going to sell it to you and you know, isn't it cool that we have this little this little product that'll help you out at home and and then 30, 40, 50 years later, that guy has died, and all it is is a bunch of people that are trying to keep their jobs by letting a bunch of, you know, by making a bunch of people believe that they still need this damn thing that bears no resemblance to what it was in the first place. And it's probably right. useless at this point anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, there's no point. I guess I'm a fixer. <laughs> I'm a fixer. I don't want to just rip on move on where it's like, all right, here's how you guys can fix your problem. I don't know why. Like I said, I don't know why they're so poorly run. I look at them and I'm just like, geez, you know. Uh, well, they're poorly run because their their mission statement is the 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 sub the subtext mission statement is let's just make money and keep keep the thing going. We don't really. There might be somewhere in there one or two of them have this idea that maybe they want to figure out what the UFO thing is, and they're pretty sure it's aliens. And they want us all to know that. Um, right, right. Which is, I think, is is starting off with a from a bad premise in the first place, but. As you say, there's a lot better ways to go about it. Their time has passed. The time of the big UFO groups has passed, and and they should. I, I really think they should because there's no reason to have them anymore. There's no reason to have a top-down UFO or paranormal group anymore. Yeah. Well, it's funny in a sense, too, because it's like we, we also are seeing the rise of these uh, smaller groups in ghost hunting and Bigfoot stuff. So right. So it's, it's like there's no national... I guess that is, I think there is like a national sort of the taps thing from the original Ghost Hunters show, but I don't know how. I think that's like they get, you can get an endorsement somehow from them or something like that. It's not necessarily like they're all pouring their data together and shit. Yeah. Well, if the, yeah, if there's anything, it should be kind of a you know a loose confederation where you know there's an umbrella that says you know we're part of this thing, but there's no central authority telling people what to do. But we arrange conferences, funding as much as we can. Um, that's the other thing people are saying that, you know, how can you run any organization without funding? 
Well, you can't. But one, if people are passionate enough, people that'll join say, "Look, we're doing this project. We all need like a hundred bucks from you, or five hundred bucks from you, and this is exactly what you do. We're going to do. You're all going to be involved, and this is, you know, this is our goal. Whether it comes to something or not, I hope you realize there's that risk. And then yeah. on top of that, if it's a good enough thing, goddamn, put it on, you know, put it on um, Kickstarter or something. There's plenty yeah, exactly. of people with great ideas that have done Kickstarter campaigns and done really well. And the thing is, when the Kickstarter campaign's done and you do your study, that's even more of an incentive to break up after you're done. Uh, which I yeah, think that's I, hard, I hate to say it. I know, but I, I hate to say <laughs> it, but I think it's really important to disband the group when you finish your project. You can form it under another thing, I guess, and have another goal, but um, if you keep going for years under the same thing, it just starts turning, it starts feeding on itself. And eating itself that's, and and listening to its own BS. That's why we're in our final season, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I well, uh, th- I don't know. We're we're not groups. We're we're completely independent, one person deals, and uh, I can contradict myself, and I really don't care. Uh, yeah. In fact, I like it when I contradict myself, as long as I have a good reason for contradicting myself. But uh, yeah, that we're not organizations. We're just you know we're, we're just individual people. Maybe individuals are you know individuals can do just as much good work. The only problem is that you don't have a check on your if you got BS walking in or saying something that you shouldn't or whatever. It's good to have at least one or two or whatever other people to say, oh, let's think about this for a second. I've been in groups um, of a small group of people. We've done a, a paranormal project, then stopped it, and it, they work out really well. And I think they're helpful, and I've, I've had good results um, reported to me from people that have been in small groups and their projects. I, I think it's great. Ah, uh, I don't uh, work well with others. Yeah, <laughs> I do. It's long as long as it's um, small and kind of self-selected, either by me or somebody, yeah. I, or you know, somebody I trust says, "Would do you want to you know, help me out with this?" And I'll do it. Well, should we pivot off, move on? Because uh, yeah, we can go on with. I could rant about this for hours, and I'll be repeating yeah, myself. Yeah, we could do a whole show did. on each of these topics. That's the crazy part. Yeah, um, that's why we move so, on. Exactly. Crime and, um, crime and punishment. So the one that, go ahead. What's that? Crime and punishment. What do you want to do next? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Um, because I have I, it, I have um, personal experience with some of this. Yes, you do. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I thought it was interesting that there were three major, uh, like, uh, court proceedings this year with Sean David Morton, um, Stan Romanek, and Alex Jones. Uh, but, I, I mean, the Alex Jones one was more, we can kind of save that for later, because I feel like he's part of, like, this conspiracy uh, thread that we might want to pull on later. But uh, he was involved in a custody hearing, and now that, that, that whole thing where, where his lawyer was like uh, that he's a performer. And that made, like, big news. Um, But, again, we can get to that later with conspiracy. The two other ones were, like, criminal trials um, with Sean David Morton, who... And they both got nailed uh, to the wall. Yeah, yeah, both guilty. Um, You can clear up the charges specifically, but the the gist of the Sean David Morton story is um, that he finally had to face... uh, justice for some of these financial crimes because it had it, it, it been going on for a while the uh at least the them trying to nail him with something i remember like the sec or something came down on him like five years or so before yes. uh, the events of the past year but anyway he finally had to deal with all that and uh and he was found guilty and then he went on the run in an amazing like like 
what I'm sure was an, an amazing six week adventure and, um, then got caught and went, went to jail. And then Stan Romanek, uh, was found guilty of some kind of like bad pornography, uh, child pornography or something. I, I don't know the specifics of it, but he I know had, that. For he sure. had child pornography on his computer. Um, I think they were trying to convict him of, uh, one possession and two distributing. And I think he, right, got, exactly. he, he got convicted of the, um, possession, but not the distributing. Um, and his, that's exactly his, what it was. Yeah, his yep. argument was that that wasn't his computer, or that he didn't, he never put that stuff on there, and that was put there by people that were trying to discredit him, and a bunch of other BS that just doesn't fly. Even if it, if it was true, it looks really stupid anyway, because the people that are guilty as hell say the same thing. Right. So that's, those were the two big uh, court cases. The Sean. So you went to the Sean David Morton. So you were in attendance for. One of the uh, one I of the events, right, or two, both. Two, refresh my memory on all this. Um, right before Paramania in Los Angeles, uh, the Sean David. In fact, the first day of Paramania, the last day of the trial was going on. We could have made a Paramania outing out of it, but I couldn't get enough people to go down there. We're in a circus, yeah, yeah. So the 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 first, I think I went to the second day or something like that. I think it was the trial was very short. It was like three or four days. Considering yeah. the amount of charges they were up against, it was him and his wife were both charged. Um, it was amazing that it went that it was as short as it was, and I think yeah. the reason it was as short as it was is because the judge, you know, the, the jury thought Morton was crazy. I could see this because when he got you know during a recess, um, mm-hmm. you know they were going to call some witness, but he was in the bathroom. They said, "Oh, let's take a recess," and I you know I happened to be there before. I was only there for like an hour and a half. Um, for an all-day trial, um, but when after Morton got up and went out in the hallway, um, and the judge took off and all that, you know, I went outside to make a couple phone calls, and I come back in, and I see the jury filing back in, and they're all looking at each other with these looks on their faces, like, "What the hell is wrong with this guy?" I could see them like shaking, like shrugging their shoulders and looking at each other and shaking their heads, going, "What is going on here?" So the fact that he and th- this is because Morton decided to defend himself, which is one of the dumbest things you could possibly do. Right, right. I don't know anybody that's actually won a trial where they've defended themselves. It might have happened in the history of, you know, of, of I'm of, sure it's happened at some point yeah, of yeah. Uh, Western jurisprudence. But I don't know if you know if it's a real smart thing to do at all. But he thought he could do it, and basically he said a lot of irrelevant things, really pissed people off, kept pissing the judge off, kept confusing the jury. Um, all the wrong things that you, you know, all the things you shouldn't do when you're trying to make a point that you're innocent. Um, right, 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 right. And he brought in a lot of technicalities uh, that made no sense, that wouldn't have helped his case anyway. And the judge was like, come on, get on with it, Mr. Morton. This, this is, this is, you're not even addressing what's going on here. I mean, that was, he was trying to be nice, really. The, right. His, his, what was his name? Stephen Smith. Or, it was a very, like, normal name but he was really trying to be nice to morton and morton was every time he stood up it was like he was you know a thousand cuts he was cutting his throat another over and over and over again um anyway so yeah as you so said like what object to stuff he would object to things he would uh bring up he kept bringing up um uh different amendments uh right to free speech amendment uh right to uh right to uh um to be notified of the charges against him you know all every amendment he thought was um, applicable to his case, he was saying was uh, a Bill of Rights. 
amendments in the Bill of Rights were um, being violated uh, and had been violated, so he kept trying to declare a mistrial because he hadn't been treated fairly by the cops and the prosecutor. Ah, and Jesus. Stuff. So it was very complicated, and, and um, I was confused when he was talking about it. And like I said, if I was confused, I can't imagine what the jury thought. Yeah. Because they had to sit through the whole damn thing. And they came back with a guilty verdict on all counts for both Morton and his wife, which is unfortunate because she did have a, a, a lawyer. And as far as I could tell, the lawyer wasn't very good. Um, yeah. I was seeing things like, why didn't he mention that? Why didn't he bring this? this? Why didn't he bring up this material witness? Why didn't he bring just stuff that you know from watching TV or whatever? Um, and, you know, sitting on trials. I mean, I, I, I've been juror on a few trials, two, two or three. Anyway, but I'm, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, God, this guy could have said so much more and, to, and he'd give up so easily. And so I don't think she had the best representation. But anyway, and right. no surprise, the jury came back with guilty verdicts on all counts in a half a day. Yeah, yeah, it was fast. After like four days of trial, there was like a half a day of guilty, 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 guilty on everything. Then, of yeah. course, as you said, he, you know, he was sent off to jail and to wait sentencing and... Um, Oh no, he wasn't sent off to jail. He was uh, released. Sent home. Yeah, sent home, um, saying you know you have to appear at this date at this time for sentencing, and he didn't. He uh, he went right. on the lam for a couple of months, and then when they found him, what amazed me during and then I went to the sentencing phase of the trial. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Morton tried to uh, say that he wanted a mistrial declared and a whole bunch of, like, you know, I would like this and that. And the judge was like, Mr. Morton, you've already been convicted. You can't talk about this stuff now. This is a sentencing trial. <laughs> yes, like, save it for your appeal. Well, it's funny you mentioned in a sense, it's like, how can you, we laugh about it, but it's like, can you imagine, like, it's, I'm sure it's very complicated if you're the judge and the person representing themselves is like an idiot it's like, it's like at what point, at what point do you have to step in and and like, what if they just stand up and object to like everything? It's like, dude, now you're just being a uh, nuisance. Like we can't. You know, oh, you if, that, if that's the case, they just tell them, look, you can't represent yourself anymore because this trial isn't going anywhere, and we're going to assign somebody to right. you, and you're going to be you're going to be locked away somewhere where you can't make any noise. And he was, yeah, exactly. he wasn't yeah. that stupid. He was just dumb enough to hang himself with his BS um, uh, defense. Yeah, he comes into the court, and this time he's in chains and in his correction, like Riverside Correctional Facility, beautiful orange jumpsuit. Um, and his wife is as well. I think she had a white one on because she was at the women's jail, so they get nice white ones. Morton came and he started arguing with the judge again, who was again trying to be nice to him. And Morton was just, he was kicking the stool out from under himself every single time the judge said here here's a little stool that you can rest on and morton would kick it out out from under him finally he just said look this you can't talk about this anymore this is the end of it this is it and he gave him a very light sentence he gave him a like a, a sentence like below months many months less than what the the minimum that was recommended by the prosecution isn't it like yeah but it's still a sizable amount isn't it like six or seven years something like that i can't remember how many months and it, it, the funny thing was, his wife came in, and she didn't. She had a lawyer again, and she had a prepared statement. She also had letters of uh, what support letters from different people, like you know, a minister and some other, some, a few other uh, uh, responsible sounding people, saying what a good person she was and what a good you know re rehabilitation um, prospect she was. All this, 
And she just read it and said, look, and the statement was, look, I screwed up. I followed my husband. I shouldn't have done that. He did wrong. I did wrong. Mercy of the court. And they went light on her, too. Um, That's good. In fact, I think a little bit lighter than Morton, which makes sense. Well, he went on the run. She didn't, so. No, she didn't. In fact, they found him because she violated her. her parole. I mean, violate. Well, I don't know if it's parole, but she violated the terms of being not being put in jail um, before uh, before sentencing by going to see him. That's how they caught him. They, they, she she went out to right. see him in Desert Hot Springs, and as she left the compound, um, the uh, um, who is it? Not, not FBI, not DEA. Uh, the 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 Justice Department people just just you know descended upon this place and just arrested him right away, with with yeah. with no with no big shootout as we'd hoped. But <laughs> <laughs> so that I, I as far as I can remember, and I I went to the you know I went to both phases you know those two part two days of the tri- trial and uh, sentencing and um, took. Uh, the first time I just took a piece of paper and I wrote really tiny on two sides of this eight and a half by eleven piece of paper. I must have written like two thousand words or more on this piece of paper, handwritten. The second time I took a little reporter's notebook and filled like you know thirty pages. Um, yeah. Then I came home and typed it all up so that there was a record of you know what I saw and how I saw it and all that. And that's still if you go to the Writer Mysteriosa site and look for Sean Morton, you can find those documents and just download them. Anyway, um, so much for me talking straight for half an hour. Yeah, no, no, it was good. I wanted to hear. I wanted to get that all on, on the thing for the year in review because uh, you were a part of a big story here. It's interesting. The whole thing is interesting with <laughs> with him going to jail. This guy going to jail. Uh, the people who support them still. It's crazy. You know, I was laughing in a sense while I was listening to the story, just because it's like he. Uh, we should mention to folks that while he was on the run, he. Did a show. He did. He did yeah. a podcast. Yeah, he went on somebody's so. podcast, and I think he, while he was driving away from Los Angeles in his car, he called in somehow and had that like podcast from his cell phone. As he was driving the freeways of Los Angeles, he was ranting about how badly he had been treated and all that. And I think was it Carrie Cassidy that had him on the show, her show. Yeah, I believe it was Carrie Cassidy. Yeah. And um, let him say his piece. And they, the the weird thing was, you know, when I went to the sentencing, yeah, practically the whole time he was leaving L.A., there were agents following him. I did not know this. They followed him to his house where he went and picked up some stuff. They followed him. I think he went to some place in like Orange County and stopped at some building. They watched him walking around in there. And I keep wondering, why didn't they? I can't remember why they didn't just pick him up right away. I have no idea. I, I, you know, who's he going to lead them to? But anyway, there were the, there was some IRS or the Justice Department agent or agents following him for like a day or two, till they lost track wait, of him. Before, which is, oh, so when, wait a minute, he was convicted, and then they they kept they, yeah. he was convicted, and then they followed him for a couple of days. They followed him when he skipped uh, on the sentencing. Oh, okay. Oh, weird. So I'm like right kind away. Of, they were yeah, following him. They knew where he was for like the first forty eight hours. I don't know why they didn't just grab him then. I, I have no, no idea. Steve, Steve, Steve says uh, maybe they were seeing if he had money stashed away. Oh, right. yeah, maybe. Maybe he, they were maybe. looking to see what he was going to do with, yeah, exactly, to, to, to help some, pay back some of this. But no, I think they blew all that money on, I get like the a, feeling, yeah. Yeah, on a car and 
paying some other debts they had and all that, and maybe some, for some lawyers. And all. Anyway, that stuff was, as soon as they got the checks from the government with these false tax returns, which was part of what they were convicted under, they, they immediately cashed the checks and put them in two or three different banks and went out and bought a brand new BMW. Yeah. The pattern was, let's rip people off for as much money as possible and then go hide all the money and... Uh, um, lie and cheat and steal and and keep one step ahead of everybody and you know and hopefully that will last forever and and in most people's cases in fact almost all of them unless you're head of a large corporation it doesn't it doesn't last forever yeah 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 there there are people that do get away with it but yeah most people if you're if you're just some amateur yeah uh, if you're small you time know. that you probably get especially if it's a large amount of money like this was which is like something like. I think he got a return altogether of something like $420,000 from filing yeah. two false returns. He got that much back from the government before they realized, hey, wait a second, this guy didn't make all this money. What's going on here? You know what it sounds like to me, though, too, in a sense, now that I'm hearing more about it, is like you almost wonder if it's one of those like things that you like you hear about. Like I just heard you tell me that he did that. So it's like... Well, shit, why don't I just try that? And then it happened. Like, what if that should have been his defense? Should have been like, I heard if you do this, they'll send you a giant check by accident. I did it. They did. And I freaked out. Well, yeah. Yeah. I fr- <laughs> like, uh, great was, great I defense. Then why didn't me. you return the damn money when it worked? No, they, they obviously. <laughs> because his, at that point, I had half a million bucks, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first thing. Old, yeah. The first thing. Defense. Yeah. Why wouldn't. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just take that money and skip? You know, leave yeah. for leave for twenty years and go live in you know Australia or South America or Mexico or some place where nobody really knows who you are, can find you, and then when it all blows over, somehow make your way back and see if you can rip more people off. But he didn't do it that way. I guess it, I think what it is is ego thought that he would never be caught, and he, you know, and in some some place in his mind that he was doing things that should be right even though they were against the law he believed that they weren't and that i don't know if he thought he was above the law but he's just like look just i don't have to do what other people tell me to i don't have to follow these laws these laws are unjust and unfair and don't apply to me and i'm going to act like that and i think that's what he did and he was that was brought up in the trial too actually multiple times yeah exactly then they were like well if you want to live here you have to follow our laws you can't just be like "I'm, i'm i'm a breakaway human it's like you know, you can't be a well, breakaway. Well, yeah, human, he tried to do the um, the sovereign citizen thing, and a lot of this was right, ripping right. money, ripping off people. Was um, saying that they could claim sovereign citizenship. He could do it for them. He had filed the papers and all this, all the while knowing, I'm pretty sure, knowing that um, that you couldn't do that. Maybe he just deluded himself into thinking that you could. But he took thousands and thousands of dollars from many people. Um, with oh yeah, that, with that scam, and of course he's oh I'm sorry, you know the state doesn't accept it, and they're criminals and all that. But sorry, you know I had to keep your money. It, that was all the costs, you know. Yeah, well it caught up to him. So yeah, and I'm not. It'll a be se- interesting. Go ahead to see what he what he's like when he gets out. You know what I yeah. mean? And I'm not a self righteously indignant person. Like oh, I'm glad he got it. You know, that scumbag. <laughs> That's one one of my pet peeves is people, you know, getting on the side of right and thinking that it's a big it's a big deal. It's like, well, of course the guy's a scumbag. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, just to irritate them even more. It's like, yeah, the guy's definitely a scumbag and folks, I hate to break it to you, but I kind of love him. <laughs> I think in the story his story needs to be a movie. Like, if you 
if you're a psychic who gets sentenced to jail and you go on the run. A Netflix series. Absolutely, yeah. If you're a psychic that gets sent to jail for defrauding people and, and or the government, and, and then you go on the run, like that's yeah. <laughs> draw off, man. Draw you out life. that on the run part. A life, man. Yeah. Draw out that on the run part. Have Johnny Depp play you. Whatever the hell. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think so. actually Depp would be pretty good. He could play a you know a, 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 you know kind of a. a uh, a a uh, slimy con man, dude. People would love that show, yeah, because they like antiheroes. Yeah, so or John like Goodman even. John Goodman would be good for that. Mm. Yeah, he would be. Yeah. See, that's what we should be doing, writing uh, shows like that. <laughs> that's where the money is, man. <laughs> Just not this stupid podcasting crap. Exactly, yeah. Um. And we talked about Stan Romanak. I mean, I don't know. There's nothing else really to say about him. It's just like, it's just weird and funny in a sense that like there was all these criminal trials for uh, paranormalists and conspiracy folk. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't know this before and everybody knows about it now, but I had to wait for Paul Kimball showed me the pencil throwing video, which is one of the funniest things you've ever seen. The, just look up the oh, yeah. Stan Romanak pencil throwing uh, incident. Uh, just the, yeah, He's being interviewed on some some video uh, podcast and a pencil goes flying up like past his head and you can see his hand throwing it. He's like, whoa, what was that? Hey. (laughs) And he does it like two or three times. Yeah, it's so bad. Yeah. He only got like, uh, I think he got like two years, something super short. So he'll be, he'll be back out on the streets before you know it. Yeah. I don't know what that says about (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the state of Colorado and shit, but... Yeah, well, he's know. also on the sex offenders list, and anytime he moves anywhere, if anybody bothers to look, they'll know that there's somebody that was... I don't think you they tell you what that was for. They're just on a list as a registered sex offender. Yeah. And part of his defense kind of fell apart when you think about it this way. It's like, his whole argument's like, I, I'm so close to the truth that they have to frame me for this. But it's like, well, clearly... Like, no one gives a fuck about what you have to say, dude. <laughs> like, like you've apparently told your tale to the world, and no one, it didn't change the world. So why would they frame you to go to jail? Yeah, it's funny, because the people that are the, it seems like the people that have the craziest things to say are the ones that claim to be shut up. I'm I'm really interested in the people that have that weren't really saying anything that anybody paid any attention to, and then or really was you know at a low level explosive stuff, and then you never hear from them again, or they just said they, they suddenly got interested in something else. Um, yeah. I I remember that um, who was it that wrote um, Operation Mind Control? Walter Boart. Um, he wasn't killed, but I guess he like somebody told me he got he found some girlfriend, and the girlfriend like. Uh, told him to stop doing the the uh, mind control conspiracy stuff and got him off that and um I think that's a far easier way than killing somebody to uh right. to just shut him up just get him interested in something else you know and but most people I think if you threaten them they shut up yeah definitely you know, you know. it's like okay or you can uh, even more and this is you know <laughs> what is uh, the easiest thing is just Present them with information that leads them away from what you think they, that, that they think they're following, and if they think that they've come to the conclusion on their own based on information they've come to, you know, by by 
by research accident or being told something by, in secret by somebody they trust or whatever, that will lead them away. You don't have to kill people. You don't have to put them, you know, put them on trail and put them in jail, anything like that. Right. That's almost attempts me to take us into the DeLong territory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, let's let's do the DeLong thing because I feel like. Uh, Oh dear! <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the it's well, you know, it's the night of. Uh, we'll, we'll clear this out and do the JFK files. Uh, the everything's a conspiracy now. DB Cooper, Yetis, orangutans, and everything on the next one because you know this is going to take us to the end. Yeah, for sure. And I keep but, saying I don't want to talk about it on my show, but it's the elephant in the room. Yeah, you have to talk about it. It's like the biggest story of the year, but we don't, we don't, you know, we won't know for a while what it means and shit. Is the is the first thing to say I think about it. So, um, for people that don't know, <laughs> <laughs> who are listening to this, in okay, uh, everybody years, listening to the show can go get something to drink right now as we go. <laughs> right, I'll what do happened? a quick like. I'll do a uh, no, dude. I'm gonna do like a quick like ten second. 15, 30 second recap. No, go, uh, please. Make it you as know, long rock as you want. star Tom DeLong. Uh, we were waiting for him to do something. Uh, then he had a press conference in October, introduced a whole bunch of suits um, who worked for the government and uh, said they were Formerly. launching a company. Formerly worked for the government. Said they were, were, said they were launching a company. And, uh, you know, it was met with a lot of uh, skepticism and, and rightful skepticism. And uh, at least as far as I was concerned, I was just like, just do something, dude. I don't care about about your company, just do something. So then, uh, like three or four days before Christmas, or a week before Christmas, they the New York Times pretty much just like wrote a story about what we December all saw 16th. in October. Yeah, which is like I think worthy of talking about in a sense, where it's like you know we the, it it took two months for them to write the story, and then it was like huge news. So it was, this wasn't like some groundbreaking thing in a sense, if you really think about it. Because uh, it took two months for anyone to notice, um, and then uh, essentially the the Times. What made it important was the Times uh, confirmed through the Pentagon that the, they had been looking at UFOs for like five years. Um, and this Elizondo guy, who's part of Tom DeLonge's group, uh, was essentially the main source for the uh, for the Times story. It was essentially, like a like like meet this guy. Here's what he did, and. Um, so there's a whole lot of intrigue because it traces back to like Bob Bigelow, um, who essentially was running this program that the Pentagon admitted to having. So I think that's the gist of it. Yeah, um, and Is that really. Yeah, that's and suggested. they released some videos. Yeah, and the the uh, point of the uh, to the stars Academy of Arts and to the stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, which is abbreviated TT. Uh, S A A S, which um, Red Pill pointed out. So every time he sees it, he thinks it says tits and ass. Um, <laughs> that uh, that they were going to take any money that was invested in their company, which was a uh, for-profit company, um, uh, you know, um, registered with the Security and Exchange Commission, and they had you know incorporation papers, and they had uh, initial public offering papers, and um, explained exactly what they what they thought they were going to do, which was um, the main thing was uh, two main things. One, use alien technology or what has been gleaned from UFOs 
either physical, which was an important part of it, it's turned out later, um, physical pieces of these things, uh, supposedly, and whatever they could glean from observations people had made of uh, uh, UFOs to create some sort of uh, back-engineered or aug- augmented piece of technology that would, in, you know, would enable what? Fast, uh, faster than light travel or a lot Yeah, they're going to build their own UFO. Yeah. And the other part of the company was we're going to be a production company that takes some of these uh, things we have found out from the government and other people and present them as uh, movie and TV shows to inform people about what they think is the truth behind all this through uh, popular media. So that those were the two parts of their their two pronged attack, as they said at their right. their uh, news conference. And then, of course, the Leslie Keen got on board with them and helped uh, to create this article, write this article with two other writers from the New York Times, um, mostly about, I guess, about these videos, but also about two other things. One that uh, you know, like you said, the Pentagon had this program. Um, and that, uh, like you said, there are videos. Right, right. And they release these videos, and they are completely unimpressive because we've seen a gazillion of these kinds of videos. The diff- right. The, the difference- videos, there's a whole subplot with the videos. Yeah, and the, the, the difference being that supposedly this, this has the, um, uh, what? The uh, blessing of officialdom. Although, in the, within about a week or two after the Pentagon or the DOD came out and said, "Look, we didn't release these and we don't approve them." Yes, they are our videos, but these people are. You know, but the thing is, like, how did they get them? Well, if they if they're not yours and you didn't release them, then why are these people using them? So right, right. I've come out of this. I'm glad we've had the extra time to think about it because I've come out of this like uh, with a lot of questions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where it's like the specifically what, to what you're speaking to the the, uh, the chain of custody surrounding these videos because uh, I think you've seen the thing where it's like apparently these popped up on a message board in France or something like that <laughs> like, like oh yeah five years ago yeah at least one of the videos I think one of the the Nimitz the Nimitz one. yeah has been around for a while it's just that nobody's really touted it as anything um, but now it's one of the few videos that have come out. This is the one they chose to uh, use as their first shot across the bow kind of thing. But it seems like – I just wonder where – as I said, the chain of custody. Do we know who, who, who gave this – if this, this really came from a, from a fighter jet, who, who allowed this to be released to the New York Times? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or, or to the To the Stars Academy. Like we, we don't know the chain of custody on that, and that's – if it was already out somewhere on the internet – yeah, like or what, Jeremy Corbell or whoever got it at first. I, who knows that the, the the people had that did release it um, uh, to the stars, DeLong, um, Corbell. I think to some extent, um, a few others are saying yes, there is a chain of custody, and that it does come from the government, and it is call it is they are calling it official and all that. But the upshot of all this is, um, apart from UFO people saying, yeah, we already knew that, and some of them saying, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever, this is disclosure, um, I think the public at large just kind of went, eh, well, this is pretty interesting. I mean, Because nobody's, it doesn't affect anybody on a personal level every day. You know, or change right. their, yeah. really change their worldview, because most people kind of think that's what's going on anyway. That's the other thing I said on, um, I was on uh, Tim Beckley's uh, show, um, last week and 
I said, look, it's, you know, one thing about this is it's following the script and the myth exactly 100% down the line. Everything we've been told from, from Bill Moore's 89 speech to, you know, John Lear and Bill Cooper and um, all the way through X-Files, which is, comes directly out of uh, that milieu, um, every movie like Independence Day, all that, all the way up to now, this follows that script and that myth exactly, which makes me really suspicious. Well, I, I, I think I said to you before the show on the air, it's like, it's funny. I, the Most of the opinion things I've seen, because I go to other sites and stuff that aren't uh, from our milieu, and it's like uh, people who are even remotely like this stuff are laughing about how uh, they see this as UFO disclosure and 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 laugh about how no one seems to care. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to take a lot more than than this to 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 break the dam. Yeah. I mean, I I joked with somebody uh online the other night that was like they're they're within field goal range, but we need a touchdown here to win. You know, <laughs> we we need to get it over the line. Like so kudos to them for getting it this close, but they're in gonna... my mind it's it's like a, just give us I've never been one of those people that's like, oh, the government needs to tell us what it is. It's like, just confirm it so so the rest of us can move on. So to me, that's part of my attitude about it. Yeah, but if they confirm something you already think, especially coming from people that really haven't dealt with the truth with this subject or a lot of others for a long time, if you're hearing exactly what you want, doesn't that kind of make you wonder what the veracity of the message I I, I'm in total agreement with you, but but I guess what I'm saying is like, I don't even want, I don't want alien disclosure. I want other disclosure, like just that, just that there's something else out there. Like they're they're, I'm not going to believe them when they say it's aliens because I know better. But at least like they'll break the veil of the other veil. It's funny because they basically kind of have done that, but I don't think it's going to it's not going to sink in until either. All scientists and academics are saying, look, we really have to study this thing, and we think it's really important, and they say this publicly and loudly. And or somebody says, you want to experience this? We found out how to do it. You want, you want, to, how, you right. want to know how to see an alien? Here you go. And, you know, 60, 80, 90% of people do it, have, have something happen to them, and they go, whoa, that is what will change things. I don't want them to even deal with this shit. They don't, they don't know what the fuck they're doing anyway. Yeah. That's like a whole reality show. Well, that, yeah, that always also scare me, too, because as you and I and most people listening to this and a lot of people we've had on the shows uh, think is it's really, really bad to reduce it to aliens coming from other planets. The funny thing is, in their statements, Elizondo and all these other people, they don't say aliens. They don't say extraterrestrial. They say from yeah, somewhere they say else. we don't know where it comes from, yeah. They say it's from somewhere else. We think it's something else. It's not us. Yeah. Which I think is very smart. I mean, I, I I would do the exact same thing they're doing in the in, in that way. Don't don't say alien. Don't say you know because you're um, one. It automatically throws you in with a bunch of um, wackos you want to be associated with, and two, you're you're painting yourself into a corner. I think they're purposely not painting themselves into a corner. I actually applaud that part of it. <laughs> um, yeah, if there's something there. We don't exactly know what it is, and we're trying to find out. Um, that that's great. I'm, I love that they're doing that. It's just that yeah, I'm all I, in favor of that I, attitude. 
I'm, I'm, you know, none of us are in a position to, I don't even think DeLong is actually, in a position to know exactly what is being, what the goal is here. You know, the goal I, for who? The goal for the people who are controlling the message right now. Right, 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 right. That's what I was saying. It may have been to you where it was like, uh, uh, off the air conversation where it was, um, it's like, I can't quite figure out. Oh, no, I said uh, to Stan on the holiday special. It's like, I can't quite figure out what they're trying to disclose, uh, disinform. I don't even know the word, disinformize us on. You know what I mean? I don't know <laughs> to mislead us about. Yeah. I don't know. We're, what, you know, I'm trying to figure out the con as they're doing it, and it's like I can't quite yet figure out. There still seems to be more. We need more information. There's another shoe to drop that's going to be like, okay, now I know why this happened. Really? You know I, mean? I don't think that's ever going to happen with these people. I don't think – I think it's going to – it's going to either come to a conclusion that is inconclusive that you can make your own, make up your own, uh, you can fill in your own blank, which people are already doing, like mad. Yeah. Or two, it'll just fade out after a while, and whatever they needed to do with it will be done. And people say, "What happened to that?" Well, I guess they didn't find what they were doing, and uh, whatever. Those are the two ways I can see this going. The everything changes and the entire paradigm shifts, and everybody realizes that there's aliens here and all that. That to me is the least likely thing that's going to happen although you know i i suppose i'd like to be proven wrong but as i think as soon as it's like a you know it's like a um quantum physics experiment as soon as you decide what the thing is that becomes all it is and it could have been right it could have been a hundred other things and in fact we know from the history of the subject it has been a hundred other things right right well we know it's not the it's not earth shattering because it didn't shatter it didn't change the paradigm, you know what I'm saying? So it's well, like, it, you know, it very like well might. Like I said might, to you, it's like people. Some, to some people, it's like, oh, the government, the government uh, told us the truth about UFOs. It's and no one gave a fuck. Ha ha ha! It's like so we need in order for this to move forward. It's almost a litmus test. Where it's like, all right, well, <laughs> what what will make a dent in the consciousness of people? What will hit the zeitgeist? It's like, all right, we lost them. It's like, all right, so they they pretty much know that that's what we're doing anyway. So we got to try to fucking well, alien yeah. out or something. The other thing that might be going on is that it's a tool to do something else that we have no idea. Um, that yeah, I, I've said before, like weaponized space. You know, like maybe yeah. it's a whole thing to eventually weaponize space because like we don't know where these things are coming from, so we better protect ourselves against them. Yeah, that or or who knows what. Um, I've got uh, little faith that it's uh, what it says it is. You know, despite the the. If I get left in the dirt and everybody realizes it's something else and that uh, things go on without without me or any any of my friends or anybody that has had different ideas about this, you know what? More power to them. That's great. I'm still not going to believe them. I don't really mind being left in the dirt. I've I've got. I think it's far more interesting to do to pursue what we're pursuing than to say there's aliens here and we have to do something about it. Um, Dude, we already occupy the dirt. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've already we've already been left behind because we don't want to like chase after some fucking bullshit that other people are chasing after. Yeah, you know. So to me, it's like good kudos on these people for doing something and getting something out there. But now after yes. a couple of weeks, like there, like I said, there are a lot of questions that came out of this that aren't being answered. And if a year or so goes by, it's going to turn into a joke in my mind, where it's like the alien alloys thing. Like, they drop that bomb on everybody, and it's like, either put up or shut up now. 
You know? Yeah, and that's the other I, part. I don't know of it. what else yeah. to say about alien alloys, but but you know, in the, in the immortal words of Adam Go Rightly, hashtag free the alloys, man. Like, <laughs> like we want the alloys. Like give us. <laughs> if you say you have alien alloys, give the alien alloys. Otherwise. To me, that, that it turns into one of those like underground base Area 51 type stories, where it's like, oh, I guess they have they have alien alloys. They told us they do, but they won't show it to us. You but, know that there are reporters right now digging into this, going, "Where are these damn things? What are they? You know, just produce." The I things. hope so, but I wonder if they <laughs> if they are. It's like, well, can you imagine? Are, like, yeah, they, can you imagine a better story either one to prove that it was a huge scam, or two to prove that they really do have strange alloys from somewhere that they can't explain that they are trying to reproduce produce in some way that uh, can give them a military, economic, uh, technological edge. I, I right. don't know. Either of those two stories would be amazing. So you know there are people working on it. There's got to be. And not UFO people. I mean, like, you know, people who are after Pulitzer. Yeah. So that's a big part of it, I think. Uh, to me, that, that that's the one to watch, I guess, going into 2018, where it's like, what are they? More videos won't make a difference. You know, and God bless the pilot who's on TV all the time, but it's like, right. I've seen a million witness stories, man. I've heard a, million, a million witness stories. I've, yeah, I've all of us seen have. a million UFO videos. The gun video is not that impressive to me. Like, and I've seen, because I've seen a million UFO videos, dude. So it's like. Yeah, and, you know, b- you know bless him or not, Steve Greer actually had these, and other, Leslie Keene, for, for her part, have had a lot of people say the same thing. Right. For years. So it's it's nothing special. It's just that it wasn't in the New York Times. And, the, well, the, the, like you said, the, the, what's the next act? I mean, part of the next act, is, as some people have been kicking around, is that um, they're going to talk about how people have been changed by uh, abductions or supposed abductions or some sort of interaction with something that's not human, that it's changed their physiology in some way, um, DNA, etc., that's supposedly yeah. part of the next, you know, the next reveal or whatever. Um, Which but, I think is a huge mistake because I don't like uh, we're because like I, as you said before, then we're jumping right to the alien thing. Well, they don't have you know. to be. They could be jumping. Like, look, they can talk about something that's affecting people and not say it's aliens. Just like they can talk about something that's shaped like a tic tac that's floating over the ocean that shoots up to twenty whatever thousand feet in a couple of seconds and not say aliens. Right. Right. Um, and the it, other, uh, po- go ahead. Yeah, no, go, go ahead. The other point I made is that I don't think they really care what officialdom thinks or the New York Times thinks or whatever. What they care about is the court of public opinion. If they can win in the court of public opinion, then they can do what they whatever they want to do with this material or whatever you know whatever the. the- oh, you mean the people behind the. Uh- yeah, like they want the, uh, they want to win they want to win over public opinion. I don't think they right, really care right, about the, they don't really yeah. care about academia or the government or or you know or the press or ufology. Or, yeah, or you the least of all ufology. Uh, they right. don't really care about that. It's public perception and opinion. I think is the most important thing here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Whether they're you know no, no matter what part of the the message is true or how much of it or whatever, um, I think there's a lot of I don't know about truths. There's a lot of compelling stuff mixed in with what they're talking about that we've known about for a long time. Yeah. I think that, yeah, the, least of all ufology people they want to appeal to, you know. I definitely think that. Because there's an air of certain, there's a certain air of like, uh... Yeah, there's not one uh, UFO person in that group. Right, exactly. There's a certain air of like anti-ufology in the whole... 
yeah. uh, enterprise. Yeah, I think they're trying to Which, subvert. Yeah, exactly like you said, they're trying to subvert ufology and make it irrelevant. Right, right. Which I don't necessarily like. Uh, you know, when it comes to things like we talked about, move on. It's like, yeah, subvert, you know, buy move on. That would be great. But I'd love it to be subverted, but I'm not sure if I want. It. I like the this. I like this method <laughs> because it's top right, down. Exactly. It's top down, not bottom up. Um, it's the W no versus the W don't know. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. Uh, but to me, it's. <laughs> I've heard like complaints about uh, ufology from people who like are affiliated with this group, and it's like, um, you know, it's like, oh, these people—they don't even get what's going on. They don't really understand how things are changing and shit. And it's like, well, what do you want ufology to do, man? Like, stop. I think should they do. All, we, I think they want to stop. Yeah, I think they want it to fade away. Why isn't uh, Stan Friedman in the group? Why isn't uh, Bruce McAbee in the group? Why isn't, um, hmm, huh, I'm trying to think of somebody else. Just, some, you know, a somebody that is reasonably respected that's into it. They don't have any of those people. These are all outsiders. The only one that's sort of a quote-unquote insider is a fan. Tom DeLong is a fan of UFO stuff. He's not a researcher. Right, right. Exactly. So to me, it's, it's very... Uh it's very off-putting in the sense. Yeah. Why not Alejandro Rojas? I mean, he'd be a perfect person to fit into this group. A million other people. Who's the guy that just left, um, a couple of the guys that left uh, uh, MUFON, started the uh, Scientific Coalition of Ufology, the SCU. Why not those guys? Because they don't want him involved, just like you said. Yeah, it's a, it's a very exclusive club of like people. And uh, God damn it, I've talked about this way too much now. I know, but not on the air, I bet, because you, you and I have talked about it for, like, hours. But, um, yeah, to me, it's it, 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 it's just very strange. Uh, well, we'll see what happens, I guess. I, well, I'm always of that opinion now with this thing. It's like, yeah. well, they did something, so what are they going to do next? And like I said, I can't figure out what they're, what they're going for, you know. I'm always going to try and, like, figure them out, so. Yeah, and I don't well, understand the people that are that are saying shit like, uh, like I said, like what are we supposed to do? <laughs> like, stop caring about this stuff. Not question the source where it came from. Like that's the entire zeitgeist of ufology. Is like not trusting uh, the government and everything else. Yeah, except when it tells you exactly what you want to hear. Right. The government on this thing was like they, they're not having a crisis of conscience about this. Like they're, they're not. I don't think there's people there who are like, oh shit, what have we done? In the government, uh, there's, and now there's probably now a like, few. Oh, we're gonna... but... Yeah, but I don't think they're well. On the, yeah, the there's GTS. yeah, there's some plausible <laughs> deniability because everybody in there says that they're not affiliated with the government anymore. That's their out, yeah. I guess. But it, all, you know, all of this aside, if if something good comes out of it, and they really do change everything, and you know, the, we enter this brand new golden age of openness and and uh, you know, faster than light travel and time machines and alien alloys that allow us to uh, never have to buy another car or whatever the hell. Great, you know what? That's wonderful. I hope it's uh, used for to help everybody, like they say it's going to. Best of luck to them, but uh, I'm ambivalent. I'm ambivalent and on the suspicious side of ambivalent. As cheesy and ridiculous as it sounds, but it's actually a, 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 a fragment of our current time, I found that the fact that Trump didn't even mention it, tweet about it, be asked, they asked the press secretary about it, and she just blew them off. So to me, it's like, as, as fucked up as it sounds, it's like, 
unless Trump's tweeting about it, I don't really have the time to care about it, man. So if he doesn't care about it, then it can't be that important. Or, you know, that if you're trying to, like, change the dialogue of the planet, you need you need this lunatic who is the voice of of, of America, for better or for worse, to talk about it. And he never did. So it's like that's another threshold they need to break if they're going to, like, really get this thing over the finish line. Yeah. Maybe, but I've uh, spoken way more on this than I ever wanted to, and I'm kind of sorry about it now. Why, dude? Everyone's talking about it. We have to like uh, because it means I threw I I partially threw into something I said I would throw into. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, I thought that, but at the same time, it's like this is what's happening in ufology. I mean, you have to like talk about what's really happening. Otherwise, what is really what else is going on? Nothing. This is the latest development in this crazy field. We already discussed how MUFON's dying and embroiled in scandal and everything. That's probably the biggest thing. I am not sure if it's probably the biggest thing in ufology. That hit like a bomb because a lot of things just were like, you know, there was a period that everybody was into government conspiracy. There's a period that everybody was into was the field was taken over by abduction research. And after 9-11, everything kind of like died for probably five or six years because nobody seemed to care about the subject, wondering if they were going to get blown up or shot or whatever. Now, since that hasn't happened recently in in any great uh, uh, way, that uh, that people are back to being interested in it. Maybe there's a a connection there. I I do not know. But there, there is a very definite inverse relationship between something really that just shocks everybody into into um, a different paradigm and paranormal and ufo and all that all of that just went completely south for i don't know maybe almost 10 years after 9-11 yeah well i think this year was like that too honestly uh it felt like um the when the real world is stranger than uh the paranormal it's like people don't really care and i, I felt like that was the case this year because uh this whole Again, I don't want to get into, like, politics, as crazy as it sounds, on a year-in-review show, because I feel like this was, like, the biggest thing looming over the whole planet. But, you know, the the situation with with Trump being president, it's like, that's all anyone really gave a fuck about. It's hard to, like, care about Bigfoot and ghosts and UFOs if if we're dealing with, like, we we have a reality show president, man. A few months before... Two or three, I think we talked about this. Two or three months before, there was this worry that the Chinese just finished this giant radio telescope and they would oh, quote they unquote, the aliens yeah, first, the quote yeah. unquote, communicate with aliens before we did, which is kind of like, but we've been trying to do this for decades. Why are the Chinese suddenly going to be any better at it when they're subject to the exact same physical laws that our telescopes were? They're just they can just read, they can just hear further. That's all. And resolve yeah, better. but the whole idea, though, I guess, in a sense, too, is like, <laughs> what if they're not telling us what they hear? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And the Chinese are like, actually, it turns out, like, we get a shitload of alien signals. <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're we're actually, like, at the hub of alien communication. Yeah, well, so. nobody's going to believe a word they say and they t- until they release the files, you know, release the tapes and say... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they'll, they'll, they'll free the alien alloys. They'll yeah. be like, well, fine, here are the recordings. <laughs> and we've already you know? figured out the alloys, and you people are screwed. So, yeah, there was Yeah, a, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder about the timing of that, too. It's all very interesting, yeah. Because to me, it's like, could they 
have disclosure as a I, I, I think I joke with you it was like <laughs> what the aliens are like listen you're on the brink of World War 3 break the alien thing like you know reveal aliens in the event that you're on the brink of like a massive global thermonuclear war yeah so that that's it. that that's a possibility it just seems way 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 not too subtle for i mean not subtle enough for me but many things right. are not subtle smashing planes into into uh into buildings is not subtle at all invading countries with the uh, massive uh, military forces are not subtle at all M- nuclear missiles are not subtle at all so right right well part of the thing with too was like the uh the idea that like if they're the old idea thing with the uh the ufos come on uh, nuclear bases and stuff when you develop nuclear weapons. Uh, what if, like, what if North Korea is, they're getting closer and closer and the UFOs are showing up and the U.S. government's like, all right, they're going to think this is us. So we need to let them, we can't just, like, we can't pass a secret message to North Korea about UFOs, so we have to actually, like, reveal the whole truth about it. Yeah, there's so many scenarios you could throw up here. I, I, don't, I don't know what any of them are. I, I'm almost certain that it's fun to speculate about. Yeah, though. it's all. I'm almost certain none of them are 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 imbued with the subtlety that the that the truth of this matter might be. Because <laughs> I think when people find out what's been going on and what DeLong's group's been doing and what MUFON has done in the last you know 20 years or so and what uh, the United States knew in the 1960s and 70s and 80s and other countries knew and what happened. If that ever comes out, it will not be. It will be so ridiculously in left field to what people think it is that that will be the paradigm shift. You know what I mean? That that it'll be so ridiculously off of what people expected that it will. That will be the change. Not not. Uh, um, we know what aliens are now. It's it's going to be way more complicated and 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 uh, inspiring and disturbing than that. I think I, I think I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've got a gut feeling about it, uh, 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 about that uh, in that way more than we're going to get to the truth and it's going to be this thing and it's going to be revealed in you know you know uh, signs uh, day the earth stood still that kind of thing. That's that's way off base to me. Yeah, no, I don't think we're like an. Uh... <laughs> ever have like a situation where like the, the aliens are like hanging out with us and stuff at least in our lifetime no I don't think so which is kind of depressing in a way I was talking about this with somebody else on the show uh, talking about like space travel where it's like it's like you know I know you fly and shit it's like we're not gonna ever you and I are not gonna probably go to the moon no and I don't think I don't think I ever confronted that <laughs> until uh, until like in recent years where it's like, all right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have the opportunity to be a part of like the first moon colony and anything like that. I'm gonna miss out on all that shit. Yeah, if I can, if I can uh, work it so that I can uh, take a trip into space, I'll do it. I mean, I do. I, if I was, uh, I wish I was uh, Angelina Jolie or whoever that, um, who the hell else has put up these uh, uh, for space, not SpaceX for uh, Virgin uh, uh, Galactic. Um, put up money for their first ride. I would have done it in a heartbeat. People are like, oh, I don't know. You could die. It's like, oh, yeah? <laughs> I would much rather die to being shot into space than I would, like, on a bed or in a in a car wreck or something. Yeah, exactly, dude. 
Yeah, I no. would prefer to die quietly in a bed, you know, when I'm, you know, a hundred something years old. But if I got to go in some other way, uh, being shot into space is probably one of the cool ones I would like to. Yeah, if the aliens came and they were like, "We want to take you to our zoo," you're gonna leave your family forever and shit. I'd be like, "Oh, I'm going for it. Why not?" Yeah, we just try it. Just like it's like this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity, man. Yep. You come back, it's like Rip Van Winkle, anyway. What do you mean? You mean if you try if you travel to another star system at the speed of light, kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. You like go and be in, you're in an alien zoo for like uh, you know your life, and then then like you're like, hey, can I go back home for a while and see my family? And they're like, yeah, but it's been like 500 years. And you just come back to Earth and see what it's like. Right. I don't know what that means. I've got people. Uh, I've been sort of looking at the uh, comments. Um, oh Jesus! Yeah. What do they say? Uh, Carlos has been doing most of the comments here on the Ready Mysterio. So, chat room, show chat. DeLong made an ass out of himself on the Joe Rogan po- podcast. It's like, yeah, that's why he doesn't. I don't think he's done any interviews since then. He doesn't stay on on point like uh, some of these other guys that are uh, older and more like I, you know, I know media stuff. Uh, yeah, and he speculates a lot. Yeah, and he speculates a lot, which is probably like the more confusing to people than we saw this thing. We really think there's something here. That's it. Bang. There's my message. I'm not going to confuse you with details. Yeah. Carlos also said, what? Tim wants Trump's help? <laughs> oh, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Trump needs to get on board with the alien thing, man. That's pretty much what I'm trying to say. It's like, if we're going to like, nobody cares unless he talks about it, so... Yeah, Jim, breaks through that thing. Yeah, Jim says sounds like DeLong got Benowitz, and my re- response was, uh, kind of. That's part of it. Um, yeah, it seems that way. It, it seems, seems that, that way. way, but you know, I'm not in the middle of that. I don't know what's going on. It's not like they're trying to drive him crazy. I think that I think he actually threw them a financial lifeline so that they could keep going. And right. now that they're now that they are going and are on some you know vaguely firm footing, they can continue with whatever the project is. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it'll be interesting to see what they do, because, again, it's like the alien allies. All, I, I was making a big fuss about, like, all the reports they wrote and shit. It's like, we're... we're yeah. But, you know... Where are I'll these reports? I, I assume... I know Jack Brewer's trying to track this shit down, and uh, right. I assume John Greenwald is, too. It's like, all right, file... All right. I think that's part of the whole scheme, though, in a sense, where it's like, uh, fire away, guys. Like, start sending... FYA requested this thing. It's like, maybe they just want us chasing after this stupid fucking little program. You know what I mean? So, uh, one of the guests who didn't put their name down, just 781, I said, I don't exactly part, exactly understand what part DeLong plays in all of this. Who the heck is passing him with the stuff about Roswell being Nazis out of Argentina? Did he say that? Uh, I, that's that's part, one of the, part of the story I haven't kept up on. Yeah, I have no idea. That sounds crazy, Doc, to me. Yeah, well, the thing is, if you want people to listen to you, you have to sort of do it the way Elizondo is, and uh, uh, I guess what's that guy, Chris Mellon, have been doing. It's like, this is something very interesting. It could change the world. We know it's, you know, it's something that's been with us for a long time. We know it's actually a real thing and that we really have to exploit it or do something with it because if we don't, someone else will and our understanding will not. You know, we're at the point where we can understand this in, in some small way, so let's go. Let's go for it. I'm all over that kind of attitude. If you can hook the alloy thing on something on that being verifiably true, all the other stuff will just fall right into line for a lot of people. 
So maybe that's the yeah. next big act is like, okay, show us this stuff and show us that you know, it truly is something that can't be produced here. The elements cannot be alloyed in a way that anybody has done before. That's the real base uh, message here. Uh, yeah. I think there's way the hell more going on than that with these alloys and materials no, 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 and all no. that. And somebody, uh, Zach Copley pointed out in the chat room, and this is actually worth uh, thinking about, folks. Um, he was like, if because if I think the idea with these alloys is like they were produced in zero gravity and we can't do that kind of thing. And it's like, if it's some super basic thing, um, then they could, they could theoretically like make the alien alloy in zero gravity in the space station and send it back down to earth. And then, and then here on earth, we could be like, Oh no, they would never, you know, we did, we never instructed them to do that kind of, you know, <laughs> why would the people in the space station be making uh, a little lug nut? <laughs> you know what I mean? They could only be produced in zero gravity. They would never do that. They're doing other shit. They're doing science. Yeah. I just thought so of something. There's how you get tricked into like being like, oh, it's an alien alloy, dude. No one else, they didn't make, how else would we have made it? And it's like, actually, if we just sent the shit up to, the ISS, they could actually have made it in a 3D printer and sent it back. Uh, maybe that's part of it. I think it goes way deeper than that and may not even have to do with I'm alloys. just talking about the alien alloys in a sense, where it's yeah. like, was like, this could not be produced on Earth. That's their, that, if, if that's their argument, right? Then right. we could have sent the shit up to the ISS and they could have made it there and sent it back, and then it's like, they would lie to us about it, I guess what I'm saying. True. Good. Ryan, Ryan Sprague says he wants to hear our year in review. We got 10 minutes, and I knew that would take up most of it, and uh, I've said way more than I wanted to say on the subject. <laughs> well, it's the year in review, so. Well, let's, you want to do holiday stuff? What would you do for the holidays? Yeah, let's do that. I saw my, in, my, my father-in-law on, on Christmas Day and my parents on New Year's Day. And then after that, I just got back like two hours ago from being in Arizona for six days where I went to, um, I visited my in-law's cattle ranch and learned, learned how to, to throw a lasso. <laughs> yeah, I saw that video. Yeah. I had You're to, pretty good. I had to ask, actually. I was so embarrassed to ask. I felt like, oh God, I'm the, I'm the dipshit from the city that wants to learn how to be a cowboy. <laughs> But I've been fascinated. I used to go to rodeos until Sigrid was on uh, doing this uh, doctorate she's earning now. Uh, when she's finished, we'll go back. But I used to go to rodeos with her. That was one of the things we used to do all the time when uh, in the first 10 years we were married. And it's because she comes from a ranching family. Uh, and her grandfather was actually a team roping champion. And he's in multiple times, I think. And he's in the Cowboy Hall of Fame in Oklahoma City. Oh, wow. Nice. Anyway, so these are, you know, actual real people that are cattle ranchers. They do other stuff, too. I mean, I think they grow feed and stuff. But when I was there, I just I was kind of embarrassingly said, um, uh, I didn't even know even how I brought the subject up. I just, oh, I saw the roping uh, things out in the yard where we were staying in their in their house. Out, it, was, it was way, you know, it was out in the middle of nowhere in, in Arizona. Yeah. I, I vaguely hinted at that I'd like to figure out how that's done. Oh, I bought a rope. I bought a I bought a roping rope at a like a, a supply store that when we were out driving around and it brought it back and I I said, How does this work? And they said, Oh, you don't want to use that one. That's just like a that's like a tourist rope. That's so, a child's rope. Yeah. yeah. So they, they gave me a real actual child's rope 
with the with the right you know gauge and stiffness and all that that I could actually you know there's a there's a whole technique of waving it around your head and using your wrist and your arm. There's a lot of like if you have played any sport, golf, baseball, anything. There is a weird virtue in letting your body do what it knows how to do and getting your brain out of the way. And I think I caught on to it quicker than I might have because I'd been pitching softball for like, you know, 15 years uh, and playing golf for quite a while. Uh, not as a big deal or a hobby or anything, but just as a way to hang out with people and trying to get a little better at that. But the, the thing you notice is if you get out of your own way mentally, if your body knows what it's doing and you let your subconscious and your your body parts do what they're supposed to do, they do it. And every time yeah. I missed with that lasso, I was overthinking it or throwing it instead of just tossing it and saying, you know, and you know, kind of visualizing where it was going to go and what it was going to do. That that video I was like was one of the times where everything fit just right, where I threw it just right and all that. And you didn't see before the videos going. I actually like swung it around my head about thirty times trying to get my timing, <laughs> trying to get my timing right because you're kind of going yeah 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 yeah. And it, you know if you're actually roping a cow, you're chasing it and you're timing the cow's running to your swinging and when you're going to throw. Oh it. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazingly fun thing to do. It's it's very meditative. I mean, it's just just throwing it over that stupid little dummy was really fun for me. Um, Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and I come back here and I actually bought a, a, the, the roping rope. I bought is, is sitting like five feet away from me on the bed. Um, nice. I went to the store to get it, and uh, they, oh, I said, can you know? They said, well, why don't you just go down and buy one, um, a proper one, and then you can practice with that one. So they took me to the uh, the local feed store, and I picked it. And the, the rope gauge they told me to get, the only one they had was pink. <laughs> I said, do you have any other color than pink? They said, that's not pink. It's flesh colored. I said, no, it's pink. <laughs> they said, nope, we don't have any other color. And I'm thinking, is this some kind of <laughs> trying to pull some shit with me because I think that I can do this, and they're just making fun of me? What's going on here? And yeah, the, weird. But they're all very nice and like have fun and it's such a fun thing to do and it's a great pastime and we're so glad you took it up and that's so cool. Oh, you're from L.A. You know, I thought they'd give me this, you know, L.A. asshole thing and they didn't. Very nice people. Nice. Um, well, anytime I go somewhere other, uh, else in the country, especially if it's some place where there's a stronghold of you people from California, I try to disabuse them of a, you know, look, I'm from California. I was born there. I am not the kind of person that you think comes from California. I really not. You know who you're talking about? Is people that were born somewhere else. They watch a TV it's show. California, yeah. Yeah, watch a TV show or a movie about California, and then they come out here and try and act that way. Those are the kind of people you're talking about. And the thing is that they come out and do that, and they produce more TV shows, and it goes back and forth and back and forth until it does. I don't know anybody like the people that are on TV shows that are supposed to represent L.A. I've never met any of those people. And if I would, I would avoid them like mad, like the plague. So, yeah. This is the pr- impression I try to give to people. It's like, look, not everybody in California is what you think they are. Just like any place else, there are all kinds of people that come from everywhere. It's just that, you know, if you choose to see the worst part of them, that's all you're ever going to see. Yeah, no, California is, has a lot of people that are like, moved to California, and they're like obnoxious transplants. I yes, find. yes. My brother's one of them. My brother, God bless him, I love him, but he's, <laughs> one, he's one of those people that's like, he moved to California, he's just, you know, he'll come home and be like, yeah, it's so nice right now in Laguna Niguel. It's like, you're not from California, like, you're not, you can't have hometown pride from from moving somewhere, man. 
Yeah, exactly. And I don't pull that, even though I did right before this with you, because you said it's, it's 13 degrees. I said it's 63 here. Yeah, um, but you live there, so it's well. I live you're here. from there. I don't hold it over people. <laughs> you're freezing your ass off. <laughs> I live out here. It's like no, you actually, yeah, you just you just text the actual temperatures. <laughs> it was believe me, I was looking for a reason to be like, hey, fuck you, man. But <laughs> was, there was nothing in there that was uh, that was rude at all. Because I, I don't yeah, think, I know. you know, what, am I better than you because I live somewhere where the temperature's different? What the hell kind of logic is that? It's going to be like a real asshole. I'd be like, well, you've got to live. Have you ever lived in a negative, a negative three degree <laughs> fucking place? No, I haven't. And I don't it's want to. By. It's really, you know, it's quite the experience to have. Yes. <laughs> you cannot leave the house. Yeah. Well, how about living in, uh, camping in the desert when it's 118, 120 degrees during the day? I've done that. There you go. But I chose to go out there, which is even more insane. <laughs> I could have stayed at home, and it's where it's like ninety-five. But I, I like hot weather. It's, it's it makes I'm I'm like the heat miser in the, uh, the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer uh, t- Christmas thing. You know, I, I, if it's if it's under seventy, I get kind of I feel like something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't snow out there, right? No, I've, I think I've seen snow once in Los Angeles the whole time I've lived here. And, yeah, I was born in Pasadena, grew up in Orange County in San Diego, then came back here for college. So, yeah, I've yeah. seen snow two or three times in my entire life in Southern California. Uh, that's not in the mountains. How was your holiday period there, Tim? I got um, I got a ton of gadgets, man. I went gadget crazy this year oh yeah you got the gadgets you're just about to say no that's the pod i'm gonna hang up my podcast and spurs and then somebody buys you a brand new pair of shiny silver spurs yeah i have a whole um i'm actually like designing a whole studio at my house to to really uh take this thing whatever it is to another level yeah i have a whole i actually talked to steve ray today on the on the computer video chat from uh from my seat at the new office so Hopefully it'll be all set up. And I, you and I try to get it actually going tonight, but I still need to get headphones to do a show like this. So hopefully on Tuesday we'll uh, have all the things figured out. But yeah, I'm the asshole who's retiring from podcasting, but also designed an amazing state of the art studio. I hope so. Actually, I picked all like the lowest priced shit that I could, <laughs> and I got a drone. What? Yeah, I got a little a little mini drone try and like play around with but they're hard to fly i need like your advice on that it's like my thing is like just flipping out and flying all over the place so well you have to get a, you have to get a feel for the the um the controls don't do i actually did do it indoors but i had this tiny ass little one that was like 50 dollars that had um guide gar, guards around the little tiny pro- i mean the props yeah, were like, mine. yeah yeah, yeah. the, the props one, were yeah. like an inch yeah. I can't remember the name. It was like, you know, some normal thing. But the thing was, I got that because I wanted to practice on a tiny ass little drone and make all mistakes and crash it and throw it, you know, lose it in trees and all that before I got, you know, a $1,500 one with a 4K video camera and all that. The first thing I did was just like shoot it up in the air and then do very subtle movements with the sticks till I got used to which which direction things went. So because yeah. you have to you have to train yourself in the muscle memory of it. And once you get that, you're, you're golden. And, you know, to the point where, you know, it's like I realize, you know, I'm facing opposite. You know, when you're you know facing the way the drone is, you, you hit right, it goes right. But if the drone's coming the other direction, you hit right, it'll go left. Yeah, from your point yeah, of view. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have to keep yourself basically always oriented with the front of where the drone is and control it that way. I mean, I've gotten to the point where I've, I've, 
I, I will not specifically be able to see exactly what the drone is doing, but I can see the video of it on my thing and I can see where it is on a map so I can basically tell, look, you know, I turn this way. Okay. That's where the river is. I turn this way. Okay. That's where the, you know, that house is. Okay. Now I know, you know, I've got my, my bearings. Um, yeah. but when, you know, uh, when you're first starting, it's just, it's just getting that muscle memory and the touch of your particular, um, controller, uh, so that uh, you can do what you want it to do. And instead of, you know, the the biggest thing is you get like near a wall and you do this like massively, you know, oh, I'm going to run into the wall. And instead of like going away from the wall, you go even faster into it and smash. <laughs> I, did that, yeah. I did that so many times. Oh, yeah. I, I've tried to like... I, I still I'm do it. to you and it's like, yes, yeah, it seems like a very delicate control system because, uh, yeah, I, I slam into the wall all the time. I'm like, no, no, don't. But once I figure it out, I think it's, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, when I could fly it around my head, like in a, a square or a tight, you know, a vague circle, then I figured I was okay to go, you know, just like put it a foot in front of me and fly it or, without looking at it, fly it around behind me and back in, in front of me um, just with these subtle movements of the controls. At that point, I said, oh, okay, I can get the expensive one because I've got this one down. Right, and it right. took me about a month. It took me about a month of practicing, I think, almost every day, like for an hour yeah. or two, just to get it to where it's in your in your mind as, you know, I think that, you know, I, I never play video games. I wouldn't even bought a, a drone if I didn't think I could, you know, turn it into a job. Yeah. But it, it's great because I, you know, I've, I've, last month I got flown out to Colorado and just hung around a, a junkyard for Motor Trend for like a day and shot all these shots of this junkyard and. Um, nice. this guy walking through it and, you know, all these, all these like old, uh, old cars that they were, that, uh, they were featuring as restoration, you know, uh, I think the show's called, um, Junkyard Gold. It's on, on, uh, Motor Trend's YouTube channel. I think it might be up now. It's, it's at that Colorado Salvage, I think is the name of the place. Uh, it, it might've been put up, uh, by now. Yeah. So if you want to go look at it, but anyway, yeah, that's, uh, what else did you get? I got a game camera. What are you gonna do with that? Look for Bigfoot? I, yeah, essentially, I think it makes me a Bigfoot hunter. If I can <laughs> classify myself as that, yeah. <laughs> and I own I own a game camera. I'm gonna put it out in my backyard and take weird uh, pictures of deer and shit. <laughs> Just to have one. It's like that's cool though. And uh, uh, I got a whole. Uh, hopefully, by the time people hear us on the uh, on the. Um, the second night of this whole spectacular, I'll have the whole uh, microphone set up and shit. So I have a whole studio. I've designed a whole studio. Oh. And the asshole who's going to retire and then makes his own big studio. Of so course. So happens then. Yeah. Yes. All right. We're, um, we're, we are at two, oh, oh, hold two on. hours and six minutes. Yes. Go ahead. And the other thing I, I want to talk to you about, actually, is the um, I got an Alexa. Oh and dear! We're, the Airbnb we were staying out in Tucson had one. As soon as we walked in and we saw it going, I said, "Alexa, quit spying on us." And it just—I can't remember what it said. And then we just went and unplugged it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it really is so nice, dude. <laughs> I, I, yes, yes, that's my favorite thing I got all Christmas, man. Of all the gadgets, I'm like, I love the Alexa. It is so fucking good. Why? Because it is. Like I got the uh, the Amazon Music part too, and um, uh, you can play any song anytime you want 
whenever you want, like wherever you are, without having to put a disc in, or and you just sit there. I'll, I'll walk up. I can walk upstairs right now and go, Alexa, play Bamo number five. And it'll play the song. <laughs> it'll play any song at any time, and I don't ever need to like touch a fucking thing. And to me, it's like <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not planning some international espionage ring. Or, or or a gold smuggling operation. Like I don't fucking, you know, they don't. I'm not doing anything. I'm smart enough to know that if I'm going to like plot to murder my wife, I'm not even married, folks. So don't <laughs> take that the other way. Can you can Words, you hear this like, too? You know, what's that? <laughs> I'm playing Mambo number. That? I'm playing Mambo number five. I'm your Alexa. Oh. <laughs> uh, let me turn it back down. <laughs> I, highly re- I highly recommend it, dude. It's really awesome. Because you have, once you get used to it, you have no idea how much you will use it. Where it's like, I'll be, I'll be in my kitchen. I'll be like getting my milk, and I'll be like trying to figure something out. I'll be like, Alexa, what, what day is November? Uh, you know, what day is January like fifth? And I'm like, January fifth is a Saturday. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> See, it really does. It saves you so much time. And it's like, well, they're not listening. What, what are they listening to? Like, they don't care, man. Like, you have to join. You just join in, opt in on the insanity of it all. Yeah, I just can't. I'm, I'm, I'm old school paranoid. I'm surprised you're not. That's kind of weird. Are you, you're the one of the last person people I would think would say, "Yeah, let bring Alexa, bring on Alexa." Oh, I love it. It really is awesome, man. It really is. The music part of it is the whole thing. Do you... I can go up there right now and be like, can you play... I'll be like, Alexa, Terry Jacks, Seasons of the Sun. <laughs> and it will play the fucking song, man, within two seconds. Ask within, Alexa. Like, ask Alexa. Terry Jacks, Seasons yeah. of the Sun. It'll yeah. play the song. Ask Alexa what the flip side of Seasons of the Sun was on the single. I could ask her and she'd be like, here's what Google tells, tells me. But yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. It was Put the Bone In. That was the name of the song. <laughs> I could go up now and go be like, Put the Bone In by uh, Jim yes. Jackson. Yes, it's, it's, uh, it's, exact, it. it's exactly as um, double entendre as you think it is. Yeah, so I'm a huge uh, Alexa fan. Oh, but, dear. I would not let that thing anywhere. Has it, have you started seeing ads for stuff that you talk about? No, not yet. I've heard about that kind of thing, though. Um and it's like to me, it's just I'm not like I'm not planning a murder. I'm not, I'm not going to kill someone. I'm not. Yeah, my sister-in-law's husband said, um, and maybe some ask Alexa about this. Say, hey Alexa, um, can you hear things that are above or below the level of human uh, hearing? Because apparently you can. This is the rumor. I don't know if it's true. Maybe somebody can find out. Well, I'm not going to sit here and look it up now. Is that Alexa or what's the other one? Google, whatever it is, can yeah. hear um, instructions that are either above or below the frequency of human hearing. Probably, probably yeah. above would be a little bit more uh, uh, useful. But yeah, it can start taking commands that you don't even know it's getting. So I don't know. It just it, the, having some electronic thing there listening to everything I say just bugs me. Yeah, no, I, know, I, I totally know what you mean. I don't. It's I don't want weird, Walmart like, to know. Alexa, like yeah. the 
But there's a part of me that when I experience it, and I was laughing about it tonight with my family, I was like, someday it'll be like a little like rolling thing that'll roll in the room. Be like Alexa, like a little little robot butler will come in, you know. Yeah, it's, I don't know what I'm going to do when when that happens. Like when I'm 80, 89 years old and I can't do anything for myself, I'm going to have to. Well, you know what? At that point, I won't give a shit. Who cares? Who, who hears what I'm saying? I would just get it. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> who cares, dude? We're not going to go to the moon. <laughs> You're not going to like, you know. No, I just don't want to be like- market. The thing is, like, you know, this stuff's going to happen anyway. And my wife was saying, well, that's, you know, you get tracked anyway. It doesn't, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, yeah. She's just as concerned about it as I am. But I, I say, well, why make it easy? I just don't want to. I've got this little bit of dignity in me. It's like, well, why make it easy? Why make it easy for them to either see what I'm, th- hear what I'm thinking, market some crap that I just mentioned one time that I think I might be interested in? I've searched for stuff online, and I've pretty much tried to like you know spread my identity out so it doesn't really make any sense and doesn't hook into anything else. And my you know my yeah. contacts list isn't on there and all that. But still, every once in a while, I'll say, huh, I'd like to get a you know a security camera for the apartment building here. I mean, inundated with ads for security cameras no matter where I go. Yeah, I've heard that thing where they like listen to you. At least now, the thing that <laughs> I guess in my end, it's like, well, if they're going to listen to me, then they're going to fucking answer. So, so, you know, if you're listening to me anyway, then, you know, what's the capital of Spain, Alexa? Yes. And it's, to me, the, the music, honestly, I, I think if you actually act, tried to, like, uh, to the music part, you'd be hooked because it's like everything you ever want to hear, ever. Probably you'd be like, you can say, uh, Alexa, give me the top five songs from 1977. Carlos says uh, Tim's new sex robot is named Alexa, and uh, Nick uh, says, not not Nick Redfern, Nick N. Yeah. Ask the old Doctor Who unanswerable loop question and make herself destruct in a puff of smoke. <laughs> I'm telling you, folks, get the Alexa. I like it. It's really cool. <laughs> I'm so, I think you'd like it a lot. Cause you, have a, you like obscure songs, too. So you like sit there all night and be like, all right, play. You know, he's I could scientist. stump Alexa in ten sec- in five seconds. I could stump Alexa. I know all I right, could. Well, maybe we'll do that on the next show. Okay, st- uh, I'll, I'll play Stump Alexa with you. I'll say, Alexa, play. And then uh, just off the top of my head, just something. All right. Well, yeah, Alexa, place okay. a play. Um, um, uh, uh, Stinky Poodle by Tangela Tricoli. Oh wait, that was released on 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 Amazon, so that would. <laughs> yeah. See, Alexa has a hold on everything, man. All right. Uh, uh, play uh, Alexa. Play Comet Cahotech by Bur- Burl Ives. That Alexa cannot find. Tale of the Comet Cahotech is is on um, YouTube, so Alexa could probably find it. Actually, yeah, exactly. There it is. That's the Tale of the Comet Cahotech by Burl Ives. The tale like the Comet <laughs> Such a dumb song. Oh my god! Ridiculous. <laughs> Okay, I I will stump on Tuesday. I will st- I will stump Alexa. All right, and I will uh, I'll get my microphone working again, so we'll get it all running again. 
All right. Uh, what song do you want to hear since you're the guest? That, well, I don't know who's the guest. Well, it's it's my show slot, Sunday nights, 8 to 10, so it's your yeah. choice. And don't say Cherry, Terry Jack sees in the sun. Well, you could. Um, I, I'm your Alexa right now, so what do you want to hear? <laughs> oh, nice. All right. How about uh, another Pleasant Valley Sunday by the Monkees? Oh, yeah, Pleasant, Pleasant Valley Sunday. I'll uh, go up to have like a cup of coffee. I'll be like, Alexa, play Man at Work. I'm like, do 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 I'm like, holy shit. She's playing fucking, you know, Land Down Under. This is amazing. All right, brother. Good night. Thank All right. you for night one, and here's tonight two. All right. Uh, talk to you again in a couple of days, and I'll try and get this posted, I guess. All right. Okay. See I'll, you, Tim. I'll, I should have mine, so I'll flip it out. All right. Good All night. Right. Good night. Trying hard to learn their song Serenade the weekend squire Just came out to mow his lawn Another Pleasant Valley Sunday Charcoal burning everywhere Rows of houses that are all the same She's proud today because the roses are in bloom. Mr. Green, he's so serene, he's got a TV in every room. Another Pleasant Valley Sunday. Here instead of symbol. It's hard for me to see My thoughts all seem to stray Two places far away I need a change of scenery
I don't even know who's listening right now. Let's see. Oh, we're one minute late. Uh-oh. Horrors, we're one minute late. There's nobody listening right now. Absolutely <sighs> zero people listening. All uh, your, all yeah, your I can't tell because my chat, my chat isn't open or anything. Oh, so. well, I've got a thing that reads um, how many listeners are and where they are and all that. And we will start part two of 2017 year in review of The Paranormal. Uh, simulcast with Banal of America and Ruddy Mysterioso. Hey, who? What? Get your hands up! Yeah, where you are, don't move. Don't reach for them guns. Take it easy, you galoots. Put away the hardware and relax. What's Greg? in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you the full story of what happened on that fateful day. We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimony of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents 
the places. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about... Radio Mysterioso. And been all of America. Yay. Yeah, let me fade that. Everybody knows what the rest of that sounds like. There we go. So we got yeah. uh, th- this is uh, this is supposedly the um, been all of America half of the. I I talked a lot during the first uh, half, so uh, this might be your half to talk a lot. Yeah, no, I mean I didn't notice it either way. So I'm kind of uh, it's the year in review. I I wonder you know how many people go back and listen to them anyway, but I I think they should. They're cool. So, but I, I, I got- wouldn't worry about it. I don't think we like. Uh, we spent so much time on Crazy Tom DeLong and the New York Times and everything, though. <laughs> yeah, the exact thing that I didn't want to do, but whatever, you know, you have to. Yeah, yeah. And then the next day, I was like, oh, why do we, why do we do so much time on that? But we have all this show does. tonight. So. Yeah, we'll try not to mention it this time past that, and then at the end, I'll stump Alexa. Also, I had uh, somebody on the one of the Rodney Mysterioso. There's two Rodney Mysterioso pages on Facebook. Um, one of them is like a a product page and the other one's a group and the project page, somebody posted something. It was pictures of women yawning. <laughs> and then a picture of a, of a, a ceramic polar bear with, with ski goggles and a, uh, and a scarf on. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. I said, were you bored? Or what, what's with the polar bear? What happened? And there was no response. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I've got this thing where a lot of people, they will think their way into some sort of thing to say or a conclusion, but you have no idea how they got there. They'll say something, and there's there's an incredibly long train of thought from the first thing they wanted to say to what they actually said, and you're not aware of any of that. And then they expect you to understand <laughs> yeah. what came out at the end because they experienced it. It's like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, my God. And then they're kind of like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> I could just say I, I could just say you know what um, shaving cream and you'll go what? Well, the reason I said shaving cream is because you know ten years ago I cut myself and shaving cream got in the cut and it it got infected and we were talking about infections and you know, it's like that that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Shaving cream. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> it's the first thing I could think yes. of. <laughs> Yeah, I'm interested to see what people think because I've never done a show. This is the first time ever with the uh, with the new setup and everything. So, of course, as I explained on the live thing, the on on the just especially to try and pull off a an old school style simulcast like we like we did on Sunday night. So, but in my mind, it's worth it, I guess, so people can hear the hear the new setup. Uh, yeah, I you you cut out. Ever so slightly, um, I heard everything, but there was a slight um, cutout in there. So I, right. hope, I hope that doesn't happen here. It didn't happen the other day. We've got basically the same setup we had. No, I was on the phone. Oh, <laughs> you're on the phone. You're using. Did you use Skype to call my Skype phone number? No, no, no. I used it as a regular telephone. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Hmm. Well, anyway, it should be fine. I mean, I, I I was actually talking to somebody in England today, and we could barely hear each other. There was something seriously wrong on somebody's end. 
and I always don't think it's me. Anyway, what? Uh, so we're moving on to uh, the rest of 2017. Um, weird, paranormal, um, strange year in review. I was thinking today, uh, the the paranormal and weird stuff continues its uh, continues its march towards normalcy, which kind of scares me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the it's funny because I was going to jump to uh, flat Earth theory as sort of the next topic in a sense, because it kind of captures the strangeness of our times in a, in a, in a weird way. I mean, have you, you've noticed how insanely popular this is, right? Yeah, it's, it's uh frighteningly popular. Uh, I, you know, I, there's many, could be many reasons for it. Not the least of which is uh, one, people are really, really, it's really easy to find something that backs up any stupid belief system you have to have. And two, People have been lied to so much by the powers that be that they don't believe anything now. A lot right, of time. right. Well, it's very weird. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it's like this satire, like a satirical thing, where people are like, they they sort of cheekily get behind flat Earth. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the guy that was going to do the uh, steam-powered rocket, they, uh, he presented himself as a flat Earther, but he was just taking their money. He didn't care about their stupid theories. Right, right, exactly. Um, but the the people are like, I'm looking for the article here, but the people are like genuinely, um, they're just passionate about it. Have you? Do you know anyone who's into it? Because I actually, some guy I went to high school, like he's he's deep in the flat earth thing now. How did that happen? Did he explain to you what happened to him? Because I heard a guy on. Um uh, coast when I was working one time and he said, all you have to do is just start looking into it for yourself. And all these questions start coming up, uh, you know, about whether the worth earth really is round. And I'm like, Whoa. And it, the one thing he asked that, um, Nori, whoever's on it says, well, what about when you see boats like going over the horizon and they just keep going until you just see the top of the boat and, and it's gone and it happens everywhere over the world. He goes, Oh, well, if you get the proper, proper binoculars, a telescope, you can still see him. It's like, what? That makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, Absolutely zero sense. But anyway, so what happened to your friend? I don't know exactly, but he got really into it. I don't know how he got into it, but he was always sort of like on the fringe. Um, he's He was like a super Ron Paul fan. Um, so he, somehow it led him to flat earth theory. But I haven't talked to him about it. All I know is that my other friend's dad is an astrophysicist at MIT and and this guy would like send him argumentative messages <laughs> on Facebook, like arguing with him about how the Earth is flat. And the guy was like, "This is insane! You're I'm an astrophysicist at MIT. Like you're like I can answer all of your questions, but you're not going to believe anything I say. So, you know what what the hell is going on here?" Yeah, well, that's another thing about the 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 uh, apotheosis of the conspiracy culture is that. People believe will believe nothing that you present them with. Absolutely nothing. So it's you know further, further um, uh, evidence that uh, people should buy my uh, "Do Not Engage" T-shirts. If you can't get through to people, no matter what you do, why bother? It's like it's like that thing about teaching a pig to dance. It just you know the pig doesn't learn it and annoys the pig or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, it, it, saying I, I mean, I, I just remember I saw him like. Um, I saw him before he got into the flat earth because I would have talked to him about it if I if uh, if, if it was that if I had known. 
but and and I mean, you've been in this this as long as I have, so it's like you should probably hopefully appreciate this. Like he, he has this like newfound like conspiracy wokeness that is like stuff you hear when you first get into it. So like oh, at one dear. point he's yeah arguing about something with me and or telling me about something, and then and it is so great. I like practically just like died laughing because he like dramatically takes a dollar out of his wallet and he's like, you see this? This isn't backed by anything. It's only backed by faith. There's no backing for that. That's why we need a gold standard. And he's like, it's all fiat money and started going on the whole fiat money thing. And I was just like, dude, that's like, that, that shit I heard like the first year I got into this stuff, man. Like, you're not, you're not blowing my mind here. This is like, it's like the, the basics, dude. Yeah, well, there's no what there's there's no fury like those the 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 of the uh, besides well a woman scorned and the uh, uh, the what the the fury of the newly uh, converted converted yeah that's that that's really scary and it, yeah. I see people doing this online all the time like did you see this thing about about the contactees and and this thing right outside of L A it's called the Integratron it's like Jesus. Um, but I can't say anything because, you know, that's how I felt when I first saw it. So I, I don't right. really say anything to them. It's just kind of like, yeah, well. And that's how I think most people felt about this, the New York Times thing, which we weren't going to mention. <laughs> most of the UFO people, I think. Um, yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that like on your wall. I think I saw it on Kutch's wall, too, where people were like friends of theirs who were friends of yours, friends of his that were like not a part of the scene were like, hey, did you hear about this thing with the Pentagon? It was like. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I had friends emailing me like two or three weeks later. Did you hear about this? It's like, yeah, I was interviewed about it the day after the thing happened. So, yeah, I have heard about it if you want to talk about it. And nobody really wants to. They're just, you know, that are sort of into it. Uh, Even a very skeptical friend of mine said, this is, look at the video. It's quite fascinating. It's like, what? Really? You think that? Yeah. You know, he's not into the UFO thing or anything, but anytime I bring something up, he's like, yeah, right. That's what all those crazy people that believe crap believe. There's a lot of what? There's a lot of uh, steps on that ladder uh, or or shades in that color that you're turning all into one color. So I uh, and I don't know if I want to discuss all those shades with you because you don't you can't see them or you don't want to see them. So why bother? Do not engage. Right, right. So this uh, this flat Earth, yeah. So they actually, for anyone who's been to a paranormal convention, you should appreciate this. I think they uh, they had the Flat Earth International Conference uh, this past November in yeah. Cary, North Carolina. Which yeah, is where I, you know, I maybe Kutch would know more about Cary, North Carolina. I've never heard of it, but apparently it's uh, it's a place <laughs> where they can have con- theory uh, conventions. Um. But they they uh, they sold 525 tickets and then also brought in like a whole bunch of other people that was sort of like standing remotely. So they probably I'd say they probably had to have sold 600 tickets, which is pretty crazy for a flat Earth convention. Yeah, people from all over the globe w- went to the flat Earth convention. <laughs> yeah, it was the center of the flat world. <laughs> no, which I heard, just I heard about that. And I, I saw- mean, I don't know what to make of it. It's just, it's like, I. It, it, you know, we we do these things at the end of the year, like hot, hot and not. It's like flat Earth is hot as shit, man. Flat Earth is like really hot. I don't know what to make of it because like nothing's ever gonna. Yeah, it's, you know. not, it's the hot ticket. Yeah, it's really it's I, just really I, weird. You know, and I'm 
Well, I was about to say, I don't know how it became a hot ticket. It's, well, it's, it's we were, what we were all just talking about here. It's because people are, they can find something to shore up their beliefs no matter what they are and a distrust in authority. And it's cool to distrust authority now where it, it didn't used to be, I guess, or only nerdy people did or conspiracy theorists. Now, conspiracy theory, whatever you want to call it, it's taken over, uh, you know. I don't have any problem with conspiracy theory. I, what I have a problem with is people just game saying, well, that's got to be false because somebody in charge says it's true. Like, what? I don't think it really works that way. But if that's what you want to believe, it makes things simpler for you, then that's fine. But I'm not going to engage. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's just really weird. It's like what you were saying about the guy who said, if you watch, you get, you know, you'll come away with all these questions. I think part of it, though, is like they sh- they make these videos I haven't watched a lot of them, but I've seen some of them where it's like they just present you with the question. <laughs> they don't like tell you what science says the answer is, and they just imply that the answer is that the earth is flat. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, how come this is that way? And it's just like you're <laughs> you're led to draw draw the conclusion that it's because the earth is flat. And after they hit you with like three dozen of those, by the time you're done watching the movie, you're like I think the earth is flat. (laughs) (laughs) I have like 36 questions about why, about science that I, you know, I feel like, yeah, I feel so uninformed because I don't, I don't care enough about it to really check into it and see what their arguments are because I don't want to hear them because I think they're stupid, which I'm being just the kind of person that they think is, you know, is closed minded, but it's kind of like, uh, it's not a high priority for me to figure out why you think something that seems pretty obvious to me is not true. I don't really know what else to say, and it's not high on my list. There, there are people that really can't stand the flat earther people, and they look into it, you know, really, really carefully. But I don't. I mean, there's nobody I can't really stand, so I don't really pay too much attention to a lot of this crazy stuff. And people come to me and say, "Well, what do you think about there, about this? Um, well, whatever it is." Um, and the, one of them is a flat earth thing. Like, I really don't know what the arguments are. I, I really yeah, don't. I, really I only don't. know that one guy that was on coast because I had to be on that night listening. Yeah, I don't really know specifically what their arguments are either, to be honest, because it's like I'm, I'm, I'm on the same boat. It's like it's a conspiracy too far for me where it's like I can't waste my time on a conspiracy theory that in my mind is like just not untenable, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I I don't know how to, you know, it's, no, I haven't gone into space, so I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> if there is some conspiracy to make us think the Earth is flat, I, I think it's, um, I think it's a conspiracy on people to make them think the Earth is flat and get them fighting about that when the Earth is actually not, not flat. Well, you look into space and every other planet is round. Duh? So. Right, right. Yeah. Why are we special? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that, that's medieval era or uh actually before that thinking because the greeks found out the world was round it's just nobody listened to them after a while um maybe the egyptians too i'm not sure i think most ancient cultures actually thought the world was round and the flatness only came in because um of the church and the middle ages and you know people not being able to see these things and it looks flat to them and i don't know i don't even know the history of why people thought the world was flat because it's has it's only been in isolated cultures where they thought that. Um, I, I I would I would suspect that you know the Egyptians and the Babylonians and uh, everybody from observation um, would figure that that was round. 
um, even on maps of, you know, old maps of the universe, or universe, the um, solar system, the Earth is at the center, but it's still round. Right, exactly. Very strange. Um, yeah. And I could weird. be wrong, and it, the Earth could be flat, but to my mind, it, I, it's it's not enough of an issue to me to start questioning that. There's far, far more, <laughs> yeah, more interesting yeah. things to question for me. Yeah, exactly. It's that's just yeah. Or learn about. It's, I mean, I don't want to complain it, about things. I just kind of like, what can I learn that makes me smarter? That makes me um, more informed and is more. It is interesting to me. And the Earth being flat is not. It's like it's not even on my list. The weird part, though, too, I think, is like the people. I guess to tie this into the year in review, in a sense, it's like the people who are like in like super into this. They like remind me of like the people after nine eleven or something. They're like super proselytizers. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I wrote about it a lot this year, where it's like they first they, they bought like two billboards in America that were say research flat Earth. Yeah, and then people like all over the world started fucking writing research flat Earth on things, uh, and it became like this this weird like international meme thing. Where uh, in Scotland, someone kept spray painting "research flat Earth" all over shit, and they got they got they started to get get pissed. Uh, so it's yeah, like, I remember is, that story. Yeah, it's like the they're so passionate about it. It's so it's just so weird. It's like you don't see that kind of passion. That's why I said I think part of it's like satire in a sense. I think like part of it's sort of like it, they almost don't. Some I think a lot of these people almost don't mean literally that the Earth is flat. I think they mean just, it's like this sort of like question authority thing, um, cloaked in in the jokey nature of the flat Earth. I hope, but you know, no, six hundred people. But I think they really so. believe it. I mean, I think they really have a, a. Some actually believe it, and others believe in questioning it heavily. Questioning everything is fine, but questioning if the Earth is flat seems like a huge goddamn waste of time to me. Yeah. Well, you know, what like, are the that, implications that, uh, well, the implications are we never went to space or if we did go to space, it's above, uh, I don't know. He also thought that the, the, the guy that was on thought that the sun and the moon were, were really small and underneath the dome of uh, whatever is, covers the top of the earth that we think is the sky. That was a good one. Um, I hate to say it, but it sounds like it sounds like a four year old that hasn't like you know read anything yet. Right, right. Well, it's sort of on par with uh, Red I the like, lies. Uh, the lies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The I. It's like I. I kind of like liking it to my other one of those other conspiracy theories that I like never really like look into, but I really love is that one that's like you've heard the one that's like um that the that the dark ages didn't happen and that like when they uh, invented the Gregorian calendar. They like skipped. They, they they like added a bunch of centuries that never took place. Have you heard this theory? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real, for real. Let me see if I can Google it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, you know, what centuries did they add, and to to what uh, is that to shore up the Christian religion or or archaeology or what? Okay, I got it. Mainstream archaeology. Time- this should. I'm surprised this hasn't been hasn't developed into uh, something. Oh, it will. The, fan, the phantom time hypothesis, which is awesome. The phantom time hypothesis is a historical conspiracy theory asserted by Herbert Illig, first published in 1991. Hypothesis proposes a conspiracy by the Holy Roman Emperor Otto III, Pope Sylvester II, and possibly the Byzantine Emperor Constantine 
the 7th, to fabricate the AD dating system, system retrospectively so that it placed them at the special year of AD 1000 and to rewrite history to legitimize Otto's claim to the Holy Roman Empire. Um, yeah, so according to this scenario, the entire Carolingian period, including the figure of Charlemagne, is a fabrication with a phantom time of 297 years, AD 614 to AD 911, added to the early Middle Ages. I don't know when they started adding, you know, when when the, what did, this sounds like a really stupid question. It's a normal piece of knowledge I should know, but um, I know the, the uh, uh, Hebrew calendar is marked from another time, and they're at like 5,000 something right now. What were people marking the calendar in in the in the Roman Empire and the Christian and you know when the Christians came in did they say zero was that year? It's of, of course very arbitrary, but it's it's easy to tell when things were happening and you know uh, triangulate them. I believe with with the uh, with the dates that uh, they say missed are missing. Yeah, you know ta- ca- documents from the time, you know proclamations from different. Uh, from different rulers, all that. No matter what time frame you're using, um, it's it, of course it's not absolute. It's all time is is a is a construct uh, from by people. Um, but the, now I'm starting to sound like a one of those people. Um, it, there's a good there's a good argument to be made that time is a is an artificial construct. But the point is that you know I don't know what the point they're trying to make is that we're trying to be told a different version of history than there is, and that yeah, well, yeah. usually what it is is things could have been so much better if this wasn't covered up. That's that's the um, I think that's the basis <laughs> of a lot of uh, conspiracy theories that um, you know since people were fooled, um, since power was taken away from us. Um, and we're made to believe a certain version of history. It keeps the power in the hands of whoever wants, you know, who has the power. Um, I don't think right. they need to, you know. I think they've done enough of that already, um, and do it through news media and all that. That we don't really need to start positing, you know, years of time missed somewhere. Um, that just sounds like a silly hobby to me, just like ufology. <laughs> that's why. I'm, that's why I likened it to the flat Earth theory, where it's like it's a crazy conspiracy theory that has no. Um, that just has no sort of like bearing on reality or now or you know what I mean? It's like, it's just like, it's just like a terrible conspiracy theory. So, but also awesome in a weird way. Cause it's like the phantom time hypothesis. Like who comes up with this stuff? Like who, who? apparently Herbert Illig, who is a, uh, an associate of Emmanuel Velikovsky, which explains a lot. Oh, okay. I like I like the Velikovsky and uh, catastrophism theory. It, it's fun. It's oh, just yeah. like uh, Brandenburg, John Brandenburg's theory that uh, Mars was the civilization on Mars was destroyed by a nuclear bomb from space like four and a half billion years ago. <coughs> um, and there's you know I I don't I I guess there's some evidence according to him and a few other people. Um, I don't know, but it's a fun theory. I'd like to hear more about it. Um, yeah, if, sure. if somebody tells me, you know, you've been bamboozled, what's wrong with you? It's the same. You know, it's that evangelical thing. If somebody says, if you don't believe this, then there's something wrong with you and you're part of the sheeple. I don't want to hear from them. It's kind of like, well, yeah, then I'll be the sheeple like, then. Oh, if they kind of yeah. quietly come to me and say, did you realize this? Take a look at this and step back. I'll take a look at it. But not 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 people yelling at me that, you know, everything's yeah. wrong unless you think the way I do. Yeah. Conspiracy people. That's a good segue, I guess, to. 
Yeah, I was just going to have Alex Jones here in the notes. He continued to sort of uh, rise as a big star in 2017. Um, one of the big stories of the year that people may recall was that uh, he was on the Megyn Kelly show on NBC and uh, on, what was it, Father's Day weekend. And people were very upset about that because they did like a half hour on Alex Jones. So it's like Alex Jones, for those of us, uh, somebody like Smiles, if he's listening, would definitely remember, uh, you know, that Alex Jones was just like some dude on, on public access, like like uh, 10 years ago or whatever. And, yeah, in uh, Austin. now he's like, yeah, in Austin. And now he's now he's, uh, you know, on national TV. And uh, there's some speculation that he like goes and visits the White House, but no one can really uh, I haven't seen any sort of solid proof of that. So. Uh, but he did say that Trump called him after the election to congratulate him. So it's like he's, you know, he's sort of established himself now as the face of of, of conspiracy culture, for better or for worse. Yeah, and I don't think he, it's it's funny. I don't know if it's any kind of planning on his part to do that. He just kept doing his thing, and it just gathered more. And he's like like a big snowball. Um, the world around him changed partly due to him, but the world around him changed. Were People don't check up on stuff anymore. They just believe somebody that's yelling the loudest that is the most passionate and and flatters their prejudices. And Jones helped create that. Now he's at the head of it. I don't know. Yeah. There, there may have been some forces helping him get there. I, I do not know, but I don't. Um, I'm pretty sure that you know people are are bamboozled and um, and not educated well enough and not raised by parents that pay attention to what's going on anymore. That this has been allowed to happen because um, some people blame you know conspiracy theory on the way things are now it's like no it's it i think it's goes way deeper than that it's you know the education system and the availability of the internet and um a lot of other social things. media yeah yeah i'm sorry social media but, but being able to um people to communicate things very quickly with no filters and because you know, when um we and probably most of the people were growing up um, things were filtered, and whether they were lied, to, you were being lied to or not. At least, <laughs> at least, um, people were very skeptical about anything way different, and it kind of kept things on an even keel. And I think that, um, and I'm glad that you know information is totally freely available now. But the, the the other side of that sword is it drives people, it makes people do weird stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, and the, and the powers that be don't are they're they're complicit in this. People have been either misdirected, disinformed, or lied to for so long that they're you. You can't almost blame them for going nuts. You know, it's a. It's like a. a what did Clark, Jim Clarkson, say about the, um, the UFO disclosure? It's like the. It's like the battered uh, wife or girlfriend saying, "Oh, it's it's going to be great now because whoever's bring is coming is bringing you flowers now." You know? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, or you know the the reverse side of that coin. You've been beat up so much that you you hate all you know you hate all women or men or whoever is abusing you, um, which is not true. There's there's plenty of nice, honest, good people around. They're just not the they're just not the ones that get to the top and tell you these things. I don't know. You can see you can see my conspiratorial brain coming out now. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense. And uh, part of the thing with the social media is like people. It's like fractured reality. I was sort of beating this drum on the show uh, in the springtime. It's like people, I mean, I'm as guilty as anybody, but it's like if somebody posts something on Facebook and they're like so off the wall and a completely different like political take that I am, 
I mean, I can I can deal with somebody who's sort of like coming at it on a reasonable level, but if they're like an extremist, I'm just like, all right, done with this person. You know, I don't right. want this. I don't want this in my face. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want this when I turn on my Facebook, whatever. And it's like more and more people are like that. So you're only hearing people that agree with you. That's why I try, at least on Twitter, to like, you know, just just let everything go and, and and see all the different opinions and stuff but like on facebook it's it's like worse you know oh is it i'm hardly on i'm hardly on the twitter at all i've got two accounts and i almost never do anything with them still i've had them for like five years or something so i have it's no idea fun. what's I mean, going I've on gotten, twitter i've gotten really into it this year because of the uh because well because trump's there so you, <laughs> you gotta go where the action is and uh yeah i guess and so. also like everybody I, I, I really genuinely see, like, people, and they overuse that term. This was, like, another story from 2017 was, like, fake news. It was, like, fake news, because everything's a conspiracy now. Fake news has replaced conspiracy theory as, like, the way to to dump on things, it seems. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you, you don't, don't agree, agree with something, it's fake news. And if you do, it's not. It doesn't really matter where it came from. There's f- f- made-up stories, spins, and everything coming from every side. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, but I, I, when people talk about like the fake news, like I genuinely would legitimately see actual like fake news that people would post on Facebook where it's like, that's just, you know, you'd follow the link and it would be like a satire site or be like an obvious. And it's just like, it's like you have two options. You can just, well, I guess three, you can say nothing, which is like, what's the point? You can be (laughs) like, Hey, that's, that's bullshit. Like you're, you're linking to a completely made up site. But it's like, in my mind, it's like these people, I can't, they can't be reached. So I'm just going to drop. And they're not people I know. Because, like, you yeah, know, okay. Yeah, if I all. know somebody, I'll say something. Right, exactly. If I know somebody, I'll say something. But it's it's right. always like, I can't tell you how many times I've clicked on one of these things. And then, you know, I'll click on the person's name. Somehow I'm friends with them. And I'll be like, how long have I been friends? You know, I'll click it like, you've been friends since May of 2010. And I'll be like, look at friendship thing on Facebook. And it has like no interaction. For like seven years, yeah. and I'm like, and I'm like, all right, well, just I'm just dropping this person. I'm just dropping this person as a friend. I don't. They're they're sharing crazy stuff about like just crazy stuff that's totally not true, and you know, like stuff where it's like that. That was one of the big conspiracy theories toward the end of the year. It's like Hillary Clinton's wearing a, an ankle boot because she's a, a, a boot, an air cast on her foot, not because she slipped on the sidewalk. But because she's got a secret uh, ankle monitoring bracelet. And it's like, I actually saw people post shit like that, where it's like, then they show the picture. It's like, she's on a talk show in England, dude. So, like, why why does she have an ankle monitoring bracelet if she can fly all the way over to England? Like, that doesn't even make any sense at all. So, so. They just want to know where they, they want to know where she is. Like, you wouldn't know where Hillary Clinton was if you really wanted to know where she was. Right, exactly, yeah. I had um, somebody that is a friend of mine for a while just kept posting stuff. Can you believe this? What is this? And you'd look at it. It's like, uh, this is made up and just designed to make people like you mad. Right. And so I'd write to him yeah, and say, exactly. hey, uh, dude, you know, this is actually made up. And here's the show. Here's the thing that's showing you that's made up. He'd quietly take it down. But he was yeah. just so excited about getting offended about stuff that he would just keep doing it. So I, it took a while. I think after about a year of doing this, he finally calmed down and stopped posting this stuff. But 
anytime there was anything that just and that's the other thing you appeal to people's emotions and you bypass and this has been said hundreds of times but you bypass any sort of uh, filtering mechanism they have if you appeal to an emotion because if you appeal to the emotion then the facts don't really matter anymore yeah exactly well that's what it all is you know it's just uh yeah it's crazy or whatever facts you can uh, manage to, to glean from whatever information you can get you, you, if you really start looking there for a lot of these things there's if you're lucky there's all kinds of different points of view on them and if there isn't there aren't you should really wonder what the hell's going on um, and don't believe everybody 100%. And a lot of people can't live in that world. I have to have something I can count on. Well, why can't, why can't you just count on that you're sane and that you don't have to believe something whole hog all the time? It be in a continual um, process of considering things and not making decisions on them. Um, yeah, why not? That's, the, <laughs> that's how everyone should be. Yeah, but like, it's, a, well, we got to find out what this thing is. It's like, but there's no way for you to find that out unless you were there yourself. And even then right, you don't right. know. So if you get a concatenation of 50 things, 50 different news outlets of differing ideologies telling you sort of the same thing, then, you know, you can, you can pretty much count on it. But that almost never happens. So I don't know what, I don't know how, what to tell people. There, there are certain things I know for sure, and there's certain things, and most things I don't. And the only things I know for sure are... are are moral things like don't don't steal from people and don't kill them and Ten Commandments stuff. Moral things. Other than that, I'm not exactly sure about anything. I'm pretty sure yeah. the Earth is round. I'm pretty sure we went to the moon. I'm pretty sure about lots of things, but I'm not totally sure about them. I'm not, like I said, not totally sure about anything except moral moral issues. I think that's it. Yeah, exactly. Well, unfortunately, most people they you know they just need to take sides. But that's what Alex Jones is for to tie it back to. 2017. So yeah, that's the other thing is just like, I don't know why I don't know where if, if kids are cho- told that they have to take a side or what. I, I I do not know. I don't know where my opinions came. Well, a lot of it came from reading Wilson, Robert Anton Wilson and just saying, you know, it's like, you know, the, what the thinker thinks the prover proves. Uh, and you have to be always aware of that. Whatever right. your belief system is or whatever that it is, you will conform your reality and your news feeds and all that to feed that vision you have of the world. I think that's probably the most thing everybody should be aware of or be made aware of is that uh, you're, you're of your th- this subconscious filtering mechanism that's going all the time for everything um all the way from what you see coming down the hallway to you, for, at you uh to you know what Donald Trump tweeted yesterday it's all yeah. filtering so yeah and I don't even want to get into politics but I guess to, to sort of give an overview of like 2017 <laughs> it was like I, I marveled about this with all different sorts of guests this year on the show where it was like it was it's just conspiracy culture has just taken over the planet or the country, at least, where it was like that you either believe that there's a conspiracy with the Russians to help Trump win or that that's a conspiracy theory created by the Democrats. And it's like they're both conspiracy theories. And it's just we're living in a, in a country of competing conspiracy theories right now, which is like. As to someone who sort of grew up on conspiracy theories, like in the post 9-11 thing, it was like – it wasn't like after 9-11 there was, the, there was equal time to that conspiracy theory. It was like that was verboten. But now it's like we're, we're literally like a country divided over which conspiracy theory you believe. I mean and I think that, that's the 
you know, that's that's the craziest, like, mind-blowingest part of all this to me. It was like conspiracy theory used to be this fun, kitschy little culture of people who believed in crazy stuff. And now it's like really enveloped the whole country. And the cool – and maybe that's why, like, Flat Earth is popular because it's like there are still some fun, kitschy conspiracy theories you can get into and enjoy. But, like, the heavy – there's heavy conspiracy theories now that, that like, the whole country is apparently wrapped up in, and it's kind of crazy. Like, there's no shared reality anymore. It's really, really weird. It's, it's always this way. The people that are circumspect and don't jump to conclusions, nobody wants to hear from them. Yeah. No, nobody want you know, and I think one of my listeners, Stephanie, pointed this out. She said that if you, the 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 worst thing you could possibly do in public office is to say I was wrong, I've changed my mind. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you'll be you'll be you'll be crucified for that. Whereas to my mind, that's the most brave and useful thing you could possibly do is when new information comes up that you can count on and that you've double checked and you find out you were wrong. Say, look, I was wrong. Let's continue. Let's go in this direction now. It seems like the better direction based on this new information. Of course, at this point, you can't do that anymore because everybody will say, you know, you're either part of a conspiracy or um, you're just not listening or whatever the hell. Yeah. Um, which is stupid. I mean, if you don't evolve, you're just going to why do species go extinct? Because they, you know, in, in at least in the past, because they didn't evolve to change with the you know change to, to evolve to changing situations. And people have to do that. I don't, I, I don't know why they don't want to do it. It's, I guess that's part of the conservative thing. Uh, but people who are liberal have that mindset, too. If it, you know, it's not something they want to hear, they get pissed off, too. And they don't want to hear it. Right, right. And anybody well, that's, anybody that's uh, um, saying, let's take a balanced view of this, they're automatically working for the other side. I get people mad at me saying I'm, I'm too, cons- you know, too uh, uh, skeptical a lot of the time. It's like... Well, fine. I don't care what label you give me. I just don't want to. I, I don't want to believe in something that turns out later to be wrong and makes me look stupid. And you know, it's like, and there's there, a lot of these things. There's no way to tell. So you got to be in limbo the entire time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens because the rubber's going to hit the road when this investigation com- concludes, and it's going to be like. Uh, no, it isn't. Everybody's going to, everybody on either side is going to think it's, you know, one side is going to think it's a conspiracy to, to upset the U.S. government by the Russians, and the other side is going to say it's a liberal conspiracy to make, you right, know, right. a legitimately elected uh, uh, executive office holder be uh, taken out. Yeah, no, I mean, I think there'll still be disagreements, but it's like at least uh, what, all this speculation, at least, will be kind of, hopefully, there'll be some information behind it so people can draw their own conclusions. But as you said, like people have already made their own conclusions. So it's not going to change the minds of, uh, the people on either side. It's like the people who are in the middle who are like, let's see how this plays out. Then maybe they'll, uh, have the information to make a decision, but who knows? I don't know what to make of it. We'll see what happens. I'm sure 2018 is going to be, uh, that's going to be one of the big stories. Um, however this thing shakes up. So, it's going to be nasty. Um, all right, so that's kind of like the world of conspiracy. I guess the the uh, to sum it up, people will probably won't remember this uh, in the future. So it's kind of worth mentioning in a funny way. Uh, I don't know how much TV you watch, but um, lately I noticed it right away. I I, I should have written something. I might write something about it tomorrow for uh, the Coast Coast site. But it was the. Have you seen these Taco Bell commercials? <laughs> no, which ones? There's Taco Bell commercials that, like, um, they parody the Illuminati. Oh, I've heard about this, yeah. And 
Yeah, and Charlie Daniels today posted on Twitter uh, to talk. Charlie Daniels, the musician, to posted to Twitter, uh, "Hey Taco Bell, the Illuminati is not a frivolous subject." So he he's come out against the top. <laughs> this is twenty this is twenty eighteen, folks. This is like the world we live in. Charlie Daniels is pissed at Taco Bell uh, for for doing a satirical commercial about the Illuminati. The Illuminati. You, you don't laugh about that, man. Don't even joke about that, dude. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> That's what he's saying. It's like, what in the world? The first oh thing I God. think when somebody says, "Don't even joke about that," is exactly what you should be doing because it's being taken right, too yeah. seriously. And if, once you start taking something seriously, it's one part of the little door starting to close. I'm not open to that. You can't even laugh about that. Nope, 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 nope. What if you're totally wrong or partially wrong, which is usually what happens. So, yeah, don't even joke about that. That makes me want to tell a joke about it immediately, right away. Yeah, well, it's funny because it's like backfired on him in a sense because like everyone's joking about <laughs> how, he's, yeah. how he's upset, you know, where it's like uh, – yeah, where's the thing that I just read? Yeah, it says the devil went. Somebody posted the devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a value meal. He was in the line, spent three ninety nine. Also, the Illuminati's real. <laughs> yeah, somebody uh, McLean's on on uh, Twitter posted that. Yeah, I thought that was great. But that's yeah. <laughs> so it didn't really kind yeah, of pay more attention to Twitter, like you just said. Yeah, so that was kind of the world of conspiracy this year. Conspiracy is like super hot, but in a weird, in a way where it's like, it's just not fringe anymore at all. It's just like mainstream to the point where it's like I've almost dropped out of conspiracy theory in a sense because it's like to me it's like it's it's too it's just those two camps. You know yeah. what I mean? I like I like the cheeky little conspiracy theories and stuff like the flat Earth, but. Those sort of big, heavy conspiracy theories, it's like, uh, I don't know what to say, man. <laughs> like, I'm just freaked out that this is even happening. What? Uh, JFK, MLK, Illuminati, um, what the hell else? Um, 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 God's just tons of moon, moon landing. Uh, yeah, moon hoax, uh, flat earth, hollow earth, uh, all that kind of. Look, I, I like most of those, you know. Things just took a really dark turn, like, in the last, like, few years. The Sandy Hook thing and. You oh, know, right, I right. Really into the false flag thing. Yeah, yeah. I got really into like this Vegas thing, but it's just like. Yeah, the Vegas thing is yeah one of the weirder ones. I've got people that are not into this stuff at all. They're like, uh, there's a lot of stuff that hasn't doesn't add up there. And they're, they haven't been in, they've never been people that are into conspiracy stuff. That That made me kind of pay a little bit more attention to it. Yeah, I paid really close attention to it for like two or three weeks, and then it was like it just completely dropped off the radar. Like that's that makes me think even more that it's some kind of conspiracy because, like, a lot of people were saying that at the end of the year, they were like, some dude shot like five hundred people, <laughs> like like three months ago, and we have no idea why, and no one cares. Like, what is going on with the world, man? Like we joked about the DeLong thing and how no one cared about. The aliens, it's like it's it's like no one cares about anything anymore, dude. It's really it's it's like the joke, I guess, is like nothing matters. That's the that's people post a lot, you know, nothing matters. Yeah, it's turning like the news cycle is turning everybody into a nation of nihilists where they don't don't really care, even if something does happen to them. And I know people I my wife works with people whose relatives were at you know, were were and friends were at that concert. Oh really? Yeah, and a couple of them died. 
Jesus. So it's because a lot of people from, from Southern California were there, and I haven't talked to any of them, but you can be damn sure they're looking into this, trying to figure out what the hell happened. I read oh, a yeah. story. Sure. Actually, I read a story today, probably on the Facebook feed, about that. I don't know if this is true or not, but the FBI was coming in and doing crisis counseling with people, and they were pointing them towards like class action lawsuit people. They were actually basically marketing for these law firms, the the the, 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 the FBI crisis counselor people. Jesus. That's, you know, if that's true, that that's a big story and absolutely horrible. I don't know if yeah. anybody can find out if that's true or not. I would <laughs> see how far things have come. I would not put that past them at all, getting kickbacks from um, these law firms. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. And it's just like that. I mean, I guess they don't have cameras like in the hallways of these casinos for liability reasons. But it's like uh, they don't have any video of this guy even like going into the casino or anything. And it's like. This whole thing is just weird. The whole thing is like super weird. Like I feel like there's something happened that we don't – we're not getting the whole story on this one, I feel. But yeah. I also try not to go down that rabbit hole too deeply because like I find that the one the, – the, the, the more insane the event and the more like unanswered questions there are, like the, the sooner it fosters these crazy conspiracy theories. Like, like the Sandy Hook thing. I don't want to even get into that. Like I don't want to look into it. I don't – you know, to me, it's like it's it's distasteful. But there are people who swear by it. There are people who swear by that, that, that it was like fake and shit. It's like, no, dude, I can't, I can't, I can't abide that, man. No, me either. Uh, especially when there's actual people that have talked about it and said they were there. And it's like, what? The government is paying off all these people to say that all their relatives and all that were killed. I don't think, you know, if there was a conspiracy, like, uh, I don't know if there is yet, but at the, in 1914, when the Titanic went down, Oh Jesus, you know, what, oh, what God, are the conspiracy? Yeah. If this, if that had happened this today, can you imagine the, can you imagine the uproar? I mean, the, the, the conspiracy theories that would pop out right after that. I, I, I haven't really heard anything about the Titanic except for the fact that, you know, the, 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 uh, the uh, cruise line, the uh, Cunard, whatever the C U N A R D, um, yeah. uh, they didn't, you know, they, well, they said it was unsinkable and it wasn't. So they were, weren't really covering up anything except giving people an assurance that wasn't there. Um, so that's, that's, that's pretty cut and dried. But yeah, if it happened today, there'd be all kinds, you know, who was on the ship? Where were they? You know, who got in oh, the lifeboats yeah, yeah. and who didn't? You know, who was controlling that? Uh, that, that you know that that would be all people would be talking about. They wouldn't be talking about, um, you know, it wouldn't be looked at as uh, God. This is a horrible tragedy. How can we prevent it again? It would be more like who caused this and what were they trying to? What wool were they trying to pull over our eyes when they did it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can see that in the uh, in that Malaysian airliner that disappeared. Like uh, there were all kind. They actually did do that where they were like there were three. Chinese nationals on the plane and they probably worked for the government and were involved in some kind of technology, you know, and they had all kinds of, you know, they, they worked for this company and it's probably a front for the CIA or so it's like really wild stuff. Yeah. I don't know who's going to be so, listening to this or who is listening to this, but maybe they thought they, they might've thought that you and I were a little bit more, uh, had more of a conspiratorial bent than we do. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, it's just to me, it's like kind of like what you said before. It's like I, I kind of like to play it down the middle on, the, on most of these conspiracy theories because you can't really be sure either way. So it's like, no, it's it's compelling to me. I, I know people in power want to stay in power and they've messed with us in the past. They've lied to us. They've caused deaths. And, you know, 
uh, made people's lives worse uh, at the at you know to enrich themselves, and that goes on, and that's just a, that's just a, unfortunately a normal human thing. So that doesn't require a conspiratorial mind. It's just that how far does that reach? How many times does that happen? How you know that I'm not sure of. Um, I don't think it's everything, but I think a, a great deal of what we see and what we hear and uh, everything is is uh, obviously controlled. Because if you can control what people, if you can make people think they came to a decision based on their own, you know, on information that they gathered themselves, then it's you know you've basically got control of their you got control of perceptions. It's like um, uh, the uh, AFOSI and CIA and all that, and they deal with something called perception management. I think that's that's going on all the time. And the one good thing about, unfortunately, all the bad things maybe outweigh, but one good thing about uh, online news sources is that you should be able to check these things. Um, the only problem is some people just, you know, the belief system takes over. It's like, well, obviously, if they're saying that, it's false. So uh, I'm going to go find something that's exactly the opposite, even though it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's, that's where I get lost. Uh, that's where people lose me quite a lot. And, you know, maybe I'm just not, maybe I'm just too sheepish and I'm not, you know, listening properly. But I don't, you know, I don't walk around in a constant state of paranoia either. I used to. I did for a while and I got tired of it. And that might be part of why I think this way now. Yeah. And part of the thing was, too, uh, that people are like, some of these people who are really into it, um, they just get obnoxious about it. They're very insulting in a sense where it's like you can't really drag, you can't really convince someone to your side if you're like, Oh, sheeple! You you're an idiot. You know what I mean? It's like that doesn't really make anyone want to like listen to you. <laughs> right? Exactly. Well, uh, it, it can lead into so if we got we we hit uh, Alex Jones. We haven't hit the JFK files release yet. Right. Right. Well, that's uh, the only really worth mentioning there was just that it was a complete disaster, and like uh, if anything, it was like before the. Yeah, God, I hate to do the uh, the DeLong thing, but yeah, before the New York Times article, um, you know that this was seen as kind of like I thought that was going to be the biggest story of the year, the JFK files thing, and it was like kind of they kept kind of positioning it as akin to like disclosure, where it was like they're finally going to release all the stuff, and then it turned into a big disaster where they didn't release all the stuff, and they sort of trickled out the stuff, and yeah, and, and a uh, lot of and I think some of it was still redacted, and some of it is still being held back, and. Uh, right, right. It's kind of like the UFO thing. I don't think we're ever going to get to the bottom of it. The way we are now, or it's how well, it's a little bit different, but it's unsolvable. I don't think you, it's ever going to be solved because whatever conspiracy was going on, or whatever was going on during it, and I'm I'm fairly convinced it's not what the Warren Commission said. I'm almost certain yeah, of that. Sure. It's you know, it doesn't make me go nuts or anything, but I just like, huh? Well, I think that's you know, that's a good pointer in in the direction of the way things go a lot of the time. It just, I think it was a lot less subtle then. Um, I don't. I think people are embarrassed out of office now, like like Nixon or almost Clinton, and um, that that's how things are done. Shooting people in the head doesn't happen too much anymore. But that being said, I don't think any files that are ever released are going to definitively say anything. I think they'll point in a certain direction or give people ammo for something. But you're never going to have somebody say, well, I pulled the trigger because that person's probably dead. Oh, yeah, for sure. Most of those people are. It's like the Roswell thing. Yeah, so it's it's like, just, there's even... just no way. I don't think Roswell right. ever be solved to everybody's uh, uh, satisfaction either because any records that were involved with were probably destroyed. You're never going to be yeah. able to see them. It's it's just it's going to be it's going to be in limbo forever, and it's just uh, fodder for whatever you want to believe. 
Bill Moore, for that matter, I said, do you think it was the UFO or, you know, alien spacecraft, if whatever you want to call it? And he said, I don't, he said, I don't think so anymore, but it was something really important. He said, it could have been, uh, I, I know, um, who was it? Um, Kevin Randall, I think I said, I asked him, what do you think, you know, cause he wrote the second book on it, the second big one, yeah. him and him and Schmidt. And I said, what do you, what do you think it is? And I think he said, what did he say? We've eliminated every possibility of it being earthly. But I said, does that make it alien? Or I, I think that's the next question. And he said, I don't know. <laughs> so it is, he's eliminated every earthly explanation, but he doesn't know if it's alien either. Whereas most people jump to the conclusion, say, well, it was aliens and all that. No. Two of the original Roswell researchers are now either convinced that it wasn't something alien or they're not exactly sure. So... Where does that leave us? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's well, yeah, it's timely, I guess, because it was the big 70th anniversary this year. So, uh, and you were out there. Yeah, I was out 70th. there for that. I was got invited out there by Guy Malone and um, the uh, people that are into. It was a uh, basically a faith based group, but I said, "Look, do I have to say anything? You know, if I say stuff that disagrees with your religion, do you care?" And they said, "Nope, go say what say whatever you want." Okay. <laughs> as long yeah. as you don't as long as you don't censor me i'm totally fine with coming down there i remember at the at the you know on this subject somebody asked after my talk they said well if you don't think ufology has gotten anywhere and that uh they might not be aliens well you know what what do you think you can do i said well why don't we just try and you know why don't we try and contact them on our, on on their terms and see what happens and the, to them it was like calling up demons yeah I said, I know people that are trying to do this, and they said, well, that's not a good idea, and I don't think so. And I said, you know what? I'm going to say something really unpopular here and say, yes, I think we should do this. Just to Call, see what... Conjure, you know, conjure the UFO? Yeah, not, maybe not in the, the way Greer does, or maybe in the way he does, but not don't get, get people out there and charge them money for it. Give everybody the tools to do it if they can, if they can do it, and then see what happens. And, you know, yeah. if things, things get dangerous, back off. And if the, you know, if, if you're brave enough or things are working right, because I've heard people from all sides of this saying, some of them saying, oh, I was horrible and, you know, ruined my life. Other people saying, I'm pretty much sure what's going on now. And, you know, I've, I've answered it for myself. And most of the people are indetermined. They, nothing happened that I've talked to. Uh, Jeff Ritzman claims differently. He says hmm, something somewhere between 40 and 60 percent of the people he's told his protocols have had, actually had something happen. I'm too, I'm too freaked out and too much of a wuss to do it. Because what he said was, if you try this, you better be prepared to have your life torn apart. I'm pretty much happy with everything. I don't want my life to fall apart. So that maybe that's not the thing that I do. But I don't right, think right, I don't right. think that information should be suppressed. It should be whenever somebody says this is the William Burroughs quote, whenever somebody says they don't think information should get out because it's dangerous, it generally means that it's dangerous to the it's the person that's saying that is thinks that their their monopoly on whatever that thing is is going to be threatened. And I'm all for threatening monopolies. So, yeah, I had a similar kind of experience, I guess, with uh, when I had Ron Collier on the show because I was we were talking about uh, he 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 does sort of these um, I guess magical magic practices and stuff. He you know he he believes that he encountered some kind of like uh, intelligence. Let's say he called it a demon, but I was trying to like when I was talking to him on it, I'm like that just conjures all kinds of frightening aspects of it. But he was sort of like explaining to me how you do it, and I'm like, I gotta try it. But after that, I was like, I don't, I don't think I can. I'm, I think I'm too much of a wuss to like. 
I don't want to conjure up any sort of like intelligence that uh, I may not be able to get rid of or something, you know. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, but it you, seems you like there, there seems to be a way to do it. Yeah, I think there's a way to do it. If it, I, I go back to that quote, and I'm sorry we went off the the, the beam here with uh, Roswell, but um, that quote, no, I keep going back to that quote from um, Valet where he was talking to Jerome Clark in the 80s, I believe. And Clark said, are you saying that we should get involved, should become personally involved with the with the uh, phenomenon? And Valet said, yeah. And he said, well, why, you know, don't you think that's kind of dangerous? And he said, yeah, it might be. But if you're a, a geologist, you can only get so far away from a volcano before you have to actually go up next to it and study it. Yeah, it's dangerous, but you're going to find out things that you normally wouldn't have found out and got a better, get a better view of it. Um, yeah. Some people are not cut out to stand next to volcanoes. I'm probably not one of those people, that kind of volcano, but others are. And I would like them to, uh, you know. Why Why did Neil Armstrong go to the moon? It's because he was trained well and had the guts and everything to do it and had a lot of people yeah. behind him. But he was the type of person that would do that kind of thing. And we all benefited from it because he went to the moon and he found stuff out and they took pictures and brought back some rocks and all that. Most people on the planet wouldn't have done that. So that's how I look at people that want to go and conjure up aliens or whatever the hell. Yeah. Um, just to just sort of like put a bow on the JFK files thing. It's just sort of a good example of like... The idea that this whole, like at the beginning of the year, this was like sort of the touchstone event of the year that a lot of people were looking forward to because it was like it legally had to be done unless Trump stopped it. Um, so it was like then he then it became pretty apparent he was going to release the files, and it became I guess it was just sort of like any like it, it, it became to me like sort of emblematic of of like the failings of putting your eggs into the basket of official disclosure because it was like, everyone was like, this is it. This is it. They're going to release all the files. And I was like, you're fooling yourself. If you think that like anything's going to change out of this and nothing did change, you know, they dumped a whole bunch of files. And I asked Ken Thomas like two days later, like, all right, dude, you're the expert. Is there anything in here? Like even remotely helpful? worth?" <laughs> Yeah, and he was like, there's nothing new in any of the stuff that came out. So, yeah, it was pretty, like, to me, it was like, whoa, <laughs> all right, this is, you know. I, yeah, this, I think this, we talked uh, about this, but I think people are already FOIAing the um, the the supposed alien alloy stuff, too. There, there's people looking into it now. I hope something comes out of it. I don't expect anything will, but... You can often tell, huh, this is another reason why I don't really put down people that are into this all the time um, because you can often get enough that points in a certain direction. And sometimes if you're really lucky, the the clue is just like an unequivocal clue. I can't think of one right now, but the same thing about, you know, cause my wife says, if you, <laughs> um, people are going to be able to track you anyway. So, you know, what the hell can you do? Why, why, why make a big deal about it? And my feeling is why make it easy? And so the same That's thing about the power structure. Why make it easy on them to cover stuff up? Keep asking questions. The only problem is that, you know, because the conspiracy culture has been fractured in the way it has, it's going to be a lot harder for people to ask questions because of people that ask the right questions and say the things that s seem to make sense get drowned out by the loud people saying the crazy stuff. Right, right. Well, the risk of, like, stirring up too much shit, too. It's like <laughs> uh, we're still kind of talking about conspiracy theory here. It's like uh, the other big thing that came out this year was, uh, was, it is, I, I really don't follow this at all, but uh, it's a thing. And that's the, um, that's the whole Pizzagate thing. 
which is just a rehash of the old, like, uh, the old, like, child sex satanic uh, sacrifice shit that was around the 80s, you know? Yeah, the uh, Franklin cover-up stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's taken on a whole other life of people who were, you know, who are really, they are, like, they're like the flat earth people. They're, like, insanely passionate about it, you know? To me, it's like, I kind of keep an eye on what, what people are like insanely passionate about. You know what I mean? It's like, there's maybe a handful of moon hoax people that are like that, but it's like, what's really, what's really grabbing the zeitgeist of, of the insanely passionate. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, as far as conspiracy theories go, and it's like flat earth and pizza gate. It's like, like my head's exploding. I don't know what that says about. <laughs> this well, thing. it grabs the imagination of the people that yell the loudest. Which is what yeah, you, exactly. they make you think. You know, people will make you think that anything's the most important thing. They're yelling the loudest. The, the the loudest person in the room, no matter how insane they are, they control the conversation because they just keep yelling, and people have to pay yeah. attention to them. And that's why that's what I think about. You know, some of the craziest theories. They they just yell the loudest. So right, right. And I think they also released a bunch of remote viewing files that didn't really um, make a dent in anything in particular, but they were pretty interesting, uh, from what I can recall. So that's kind of worth mentioning, I guess. Yeah, but as I said, there wasn't anything in there that uh, you know that stood out to me where it was like uh, worth worth looking at. We should continue on. We just finished with JFK Files release. Didn't Hello? tell us anything. Oh. Can you hear me? Uh, JFK Files release didn't yeah, tell I us did. anything. Yeah, Alex Jones. We already went through. Um, uh, flat Earth. Uh, we still got a few things like uh, Yeti DNA, which I don't know anything about. So maybe you can go on on that. Jim Mars. I'll tell you yeah, our friend uh, DB Cooper. Some other stuff. Yeah, there's a few more things. We got like five more things, I think. Um, there, I thought there was, I guess, four because this orangutan. But there were, I, I guess, there were four stories that took caught my eye in cryptozoology. Uh, we'll move into that. It's the the Yeti DNA story that was toward the end of the year. They took. Uh, they took like nine samples of like Yeti, alleged Yeti evidence. Oh, is this ranging. the one where they said it was all bears? Yes, yeah, yeah. Ranging, you know, from teeth and bones and shit found in caves and stuff like that. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, eight out of nine were bears and one was a dog. So that got huge press, as you can imagine, where it was like, it was one of those stories where it's like, you can't prove a negative, yet. The headlines were all like, Yeti's not real. So, yeah, exactly. And there were a lot of B- Bigfoot researchers. Uh, Meldrum, um, uh, I don't know what Ken Gerhard said. Uh, t- t- uh, um, Lauren uh, Coleman, they're all, uh, yep. Lauren, at least for as far as I can tell, he said, look, they, they're, um, it's not as cut and dried as the news would have you think. Um, which is basically for almost any story, but especially something to do with the paranormal. That the, the, uh, people that are into it really kind of know what the what the backstory is, but nobody ever listens to them because it's not sound biteable. So right. you know, it, apparently for a lot of people, it's closed the door on that. Well, there's no there's no Bigfoot or Yeti or whatever. I I don't believe that because it's like, what are people seeing if there if there's no such thing? And then I had David Weatherly on my show this year, uh, earlier in the year in February. We're at the UFO conference, uh, the UFO Congress, and we were one night we we're saying. 
hey, well, I want to do an interview with you. Let's just go sit in the room. So we sat in my room with a recorder and did it. And he presented an idea. He said, what if, what if, um, you know, speculation, what if uh, Bigfoot or whatever you want to call Bigfoot, large uh, unknown hominid, are flesh and blood creatures who actually, for some reason, know how to use interdimensional, you know, uh, 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 states to move in and out, even, you know, maybe almost imperceptibly from their point just like i'm just going from here to here but they they're sudden they'll suddenly disappear but they can be they can be physical when they're here but they don't have to be which right. sounds like you know it sounds like going down a rabbit hole that you don't want to go down but i'd never considered that um theory i don't know how much evidence there is well there's plenty of evidence for it because there's evidence on both sides of uh of the bigfoot uh controversy or all two sides of it which is you know is it a uh a paranormal animal or is it a physical one and um, from Dave's point of view, they're both. So that that's that was fascinating to me. Right, right, yeah. I've, I've, I've entertained that idea myself, yeah, that it's like it can jump in and out of dimensions and stuff like that. So maybe that's why we can't uh, pin it down. The yeah. other uh, – <coughs> you pretty much just kind of nailed the, the reaction to the story where it's like they, they only tested nine things. And they were like – like I said, bones and teeth and stuff they found that so – that was attributed to the Yeti. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but they just found it sitting in a cave or whatever. Yeah. There, so it, or, it wasn't ever anything like, oh, I saw a Yeti and his yeah. tooth fell out. Yeah, none of them were. They're all like <laughs> legacy pieces, like, you know, Sherpas that said, oh, the, you know, or something like that. It said, oh, this is the venerated piece of the Yeti. It's not like somebody, like you said, somebody said, I grabbed Bigfoot and a piece and a clump of his hair came off and here it is. Because they have tested things like that and it's been everything from, Normal animals to to we can't you know we can't determine to it's something that we don't know. I've heard all those different uh, results, right? And you know it it remains a mystery. It's just one of those things. It's probably another one of those things that who knows if it's ever going to be solved. At least not in the way that people look at reality and how science looks at stuff now. It's just it's not going to work. It has to be adapted. Don't throw science out. Just adapt it. So I think some of these people. Um, like like a biologist like Jeff Meldrum are trying to do that as far as i can tell i mean that, that's my impression of him let's 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 you know adapt our methods to uh to the to the subject um the, i think that's sort of going on quietly in the ufo uh, arena now too um yeah so the other the other story i thought was really interesting is uh and one to watch for this year i hope was uh the thylacine Everybody's all uh, – I saw a lot about the thylacine this year and apparently to the point – I couldn't have been alone because a couple of academics in Australia, they announced that they were going to launch a, a game camera um, thylacine search, which I guess was taking place over the summer, but I haven't heard any update on it yet. So maybe that will break this year, I hope. Um, I have a feeling if they found something worthwhile, we would have already heard about it, but who knows. Um, so that's that, that I think is interesting. For some reason, I think also because you know Nessie's like getting so no pun intended like long in the tooth, and it's like uh, <laughs> you need a new, you kind of need a new iconic. We need a new creature. Nessie. Yeah, yeah. Well, that there's been a lot of people on doing dogman stuff in the last year on coast. Oh, I didn't even geez. hear about dogman stuff last year. I mean, well, Dog 2016. Yeah, yeah. That's like a that's a big that that, that hot knot. Dog dogman is you know alongside. Uh, um uh ufos now is 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 the hot ticket yeah for sure um and then i yeah i had this new orangutan in here they 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 found a new orangutan it was sort of like a 
the Yeti DNA was a bummer, but then they found this new orangutan. Actually, I think they found it before the Yeti DNA thing, but it doesn't really matter. The point being that, like, ah, they're still finding stuff. So you can't really, like, an orangutan is a pretty <laughs> sizable uh, sort of, like, discovery in a sense. Is that a new so orangutan or is that the orang pandek that they've been talking about for probably the last 10 or 15 or 20 years? I, It's not the orang pendek, but it lives in Sumatra. Okay. And it lives only in trees. So this, uh, so part of me, I think it lives only in trees. Um, so part of me wonders, in a sense, maybe maybe it is the orang pendek. And it's like, the reason no one ever sees it or anything is because those are the only times it comes down out of the tree. Like, for like 30 seconds or something a day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I watched, a, um, somebody posted a video of uh, a TED Talk. Um, and there was a guy there showing what they've been doing with um, drones. Uh, and they've got ones that do incredibly weird stuff. Like they, they, they will, the guy actually used a video game controller where, you know, you know it looks at your body movements um, to, you know, play tennis or whatever the hell, uh, Xbox. Yeah. And he was using it to point where the drones should go. And he was moving them by body movements. Huh. He, had a, he had another one that was like a, a, a box and it could fly in any direction in any uh, orientation. No problem. It would tumble around, all that. So I think we're getting to the point where some of the you won't even need a game camera. You can go looking through a forest with a with a drone, and it can it can go it can it, yeah. you know apply some AI to it, and it could start looking in places that we never could have looked before. However, after saying that, I think it'll be subject to the same problems that any other thing any other things that we use now, like game cameras or whatever. They seem to work. They seem to quit right when they're going to get something. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't yeah. you just well, get a game camera? Aren't you going to set it up in the in your backyard? Yes, I have a game camera. I'm going to set it up. <laughs> I have a lot of wildlife in my yard, so uh-huh. I'll be interested to see what I, what I catch. But, yeah. There's a part of me that thinks like you're almost destined to get something creepy, but there's so many game cameras out there that it's unlikely. Yeah, anytime something's going to happen, it's like it's it's funny. It's this self-negating system when it comes to any kind of technology. Either it doesn't work or it just gets a blob or... Whatever you can never, you know. There's a few very clear videos of strange things, but most of them get screwed. Especially, you know, um, cryptozoology stuff. You never get a, you know, never get a. You don't get you don't get a Patterson film anymore uh, that I'm aware of. No, no, and good timing because that's the uh, that that was uh, that's not one of the top stories, but that was a uh, anniversary the anniversary this year of the Patterson film. Yeah. So. Um, and I stand corrected on that, on that, uh, on that, on that, uh, what the hell was that? On that orangutan. It does not, um, it does not live in trees. <laughs> so I don't know where I got that information from. Um, well, although there's I've, a different I've, animal. Yeah. I've probably yeah. said 20 things on this show that are completely not true. And I'm just talking on my ass. I don't know. Yeah. There's a, they, they also but found admit it. Uh, an elusive Amazon monkey, um, that hasn't been seen in 80 years. That might have been what I was thinking of. But I could have sworn I heard about some animal that like lives almost exquisitely in trees. Oh, so, okay. But it was not the orangutan. Yeah, the sloth so, does that. It, There's a few other animals that are yeah, adapted. There's some snakes that stay in trees all the time. Yeah, so what do we say? Oh, so, yeah, the orang- there was one other like weird cryptozoology thing that crossed my attention just now when I was out of the room, but I forget what it was. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I can't remember yeah, any uh, either. I'm I'm not I'm I'm not a polymath like N- Nick Redfern that knows about all these different things. 
Well, it was just kind of, oh, that was it. Now I remember. Uh, just that uh, as far as Bigfoot itself goes, it was kind of like, just a, it's sort of like just solidified its place as this weird cultural icon um, that's been going on for like the last couple of years, uh, which I thought was interesting. The state of Washington, a town in North Carolina, I think, and a town in Alabama all uh, became like Bigfoot official sites for Bigfoot. Essentially. Oh, okay. I was gonna, I was going to say they became Bigfoot sanctuary states, huh? <laughs> Essentially, in a sense, I guess you could kind of, yeah. I suppose could could kind of say that, yeah. It was. Uh, I thought somebody had passed yeah. a law where you couldn't kill Bigfoot in their in their state or their county or whatever. That had happened at least once in the last couple of years, hasn't it? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's different places in the country. Yeah, that where you can't kill Bigfoot for sure. Yeah. And I but and I get was, this idea that the the city council were all there cracking up while they did it. Oh, I'm sure. Well, the funny the the reason I thought this was great. Part of the reason why they wanted to make the state of Washington, um, the to make Bigfoot their the official cryptid of the state of Washington mm-hmm. was uh, so we got to do it before Oregon does. <laughs> That's, that was their reasoning, and it made perfect sense. It's like that's genius. Yeah, he should because Oregon's going to do it. Someone has to do it first, man. So, yeah, <laughs> we better pass this before the other state does, or we're going to not be on that Bigfoot gravy train. Yeah, the town in Alabama they uh, they declared themselves uh, the Bigfoot capital of Alabama. So that's Evergreen, Alabama, is uh, the Bigfoot capital of that oh, state. Okay. And yeah. funny. Go ahead. And this is the weirdest part. Like the, this is kind of hard to explain, but I think it's worth mentioning in a sense because uh, um, at the same time all this was going on, uh, this this happened at the end of last year. I don't know if we talked about it in the year in review, but the um, the uh, a professor or an administrator for a state college in uh, New Mexico uh, put on a Bigfoot conference and and uh, used the the funds. For the school. Oh, that's right. Bigfoot. There was a scandal. And so they went to pass a bill. I don't know how, what happened with the bill uh, that, that banned Bigfoot research using state funds. And the crazy part of the whole thing is that at one point at the beginning of the year, uh, because this city in Alabama had to sort of send this thing of being the Bigfoot capital up the flagpole to like the state assembly. Um <laughs> uh, in the in the state and Washington was trying to name Bigfoot as their official cryptid. Three states, the the the, the Congress of three states or whatever it is, legislature, were, 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 yeah, the legislature of three different states were uh, working, were, were doing a Bigfoot thing at the same time. Yeah, it was like, what is going? This is this is a weird year, man. Yeah, well, it's a part of that. Like we said, the uh, the uh, the apotheosis or the home to roost of the weirdness. It's just be, it's gone mainstream, um, and yeah. I, I don't know if that's a good thing. Not because I think oh no, it's not us. You know, our special silly crowd that's into it. It's just that anytime something goes mainstream, it gets turned into a big piece of shit. Yeah, it seems that way. Music, but. art, anything like that, and it just seems like you know, it's just uh, it just it seems like the 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 home that it has for the weirdness factor and the weird the people that are into it, it seems like it's home, not where you know you know Taylor Swift will suddenly say I'm a Bigfoot fan or something. It's like oh god, oh no, you know, kind of thing for to yeah. me anyway. 
and I'm not trying to be a hipster. It just seems like, you know, any, anytime something does, anytime a lot of people are into something, it gets diluted and you, it loses its thread. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's interesting. We'll see what happens with, uh, with that. Yeah, everything is kind of like the paranormal sort of the last frontier of, uh, that hasn't been co-opted by sort of like geek culture. So it's bound to happen. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of see it a little bit now. It's it's sort of like on the, it's sort of percolating, I think, in a sense. The fact that the New York Times would publish that thing is just kind of like, you know, it's that's that that seems like an indicator of a lot of things, and uh, the fact that uh, you know, I hear that people at major academic institutions are now taking it kind of seriously because of that. They figure that it's maybe it's okay to to uh, to express an interest in it. I lecture actually every semester now. I actually got a, a, another another invitation today to lecture at UC Irvine um, for a guy that uh, he teaches a class called UFOs in Conspiracy Culture, I think. And, oh, weird. My brother teaches at UC Irvine. I'll ask him if he knows him. Yeah. Um, and uh, he shows Mirage Men every semester right now for the last like couple of years here. And then at that point he pulls me in and for an hour I just talk to the class. I don't have a prepared speech or anything. I just tell them how the film was made, how I came to be interested in the story. And then they ask questions. And I noticed this year I got more questions than ever. Wow. Most of the time, the last few times kind of, kind of like, do you really think there's aliens here? And you know, <laughs> what's the government? No, no. People were asking me questions like, what was it like talking to these people? What exactly did they tell you? You know, how much we sh- should we believe? What do you think of, you know, this thing? I know what's going to happen on the next one, the one here in March, the the uh, tidal wave of, of fake. Oh, yeah, all kinds know. of bullshit. Yeah, that, that's, there's going to be a ton of questions then. But it was just kind of heartening almost to me to see that people were kind of more engaged with the subject, especially people that are still trying to figure out what they think about things. Actually, one thing I said, strangely enough, during this whole thing, I said, look, I got... I will tell you something. I told them about my paranoid period. I also told them, I'm glad you guys are interested in this weird stuff because it gives you, it's kind of a healthy um, distrust of, it, it's an, a, 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 hopefully a healthy distrust of authority, which is what you should have. Not uh, an unhealthy distrust of authority is more like, you know, you uh, just Flatter. dump everything. Um, <laughs> but the other thing I, I said was, you know, this distrust and this thing in my personality that makes me like this. I was actually in a suicidal depression at one point, and the fact that I was interested in the UFO subject actually, pulled, in, in a way, pulled me out of it. So it kind of saved my life. I think the teacher later asked me, he, he didn't ask me directly why I said that. I said, because when I was their age, I wanted to kill myself. So I wanted to say something in that class where I said, look, you know, get interested in something, become passionate about it if you can, and a lot of these issues about be- feeling bad about things are going to go away because suddenly you'll be interested in things, and life looks different when you're interested. That was something I threw in there as a... as Because I knew... You know there's like four or five people in there that are goth to hell, you know, at least in their feelings, so... Yeah, yeah. You have to be Most at that age. If you're not... If you're, if, you're not yeah. if you're not... If you're not horribly depressed when you're college age, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> At um, least part of the time. <laughs> yeah. So I forget. Yeah, that was kind of all the crypto stuff that's fit to print. I think for 2017. Um, 
we'll see what happens this year. You know, anything can happen with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know what it's, you know, if if there's a, if something big happens, like an impeachment or some other terrorist attack, I'm not exactly sure it's going to kill the subject like 9-11 did. 9-11 killed um, the paranormal and and, uh, and UFOs for like 10 years. I definitely think that happened in a subtle way this year after the, after the election last year, because I think people, I still think that, like people are still... I think like as much for, people weren't as passionate about politics. Let's put it that way. Like previously, and so right, uh, you're almost you're almost compelled to now. At least in right. some, you, you know you got to be involved in some way. I've had people yeah. get mad at me because I'm not political enough. It's like screw you. I, I got my own political views. You can. I'm not going to push them on anybody. Every once in a while, I'll talk about it. But you're a lot better. Re- you yelling at me are a lot better recruiter than I would ever be. Um, actually, maybe not because you're, you're annoying, but, <laughs> um, there's, there's plenty of, of sources for alternate information. If you look for them, especially, you know, a lot of my friends that I trust send me to those things, which is great, you know? Yeah. I just think like more people now than ever are obsessed with the day to day minutia of, of national politics than they were, uh, two, even two years ago. So it's like. They don't have the time for Bigfoot and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's just a theory that I have just because it seems like – and that was the sort of 9-11 thing where it was like everyone you – you were living in the now. Everyone was living in the now. now. It seems like that more than ever that's the case now. No pun intended. What would you say? Sigrid <laughs> just said if you're too re- busy to research Bigfoot, then you're too busy. <laughs> that's – for sure. Put that one on the shirt. <laughs> That's the next shirt. <laughs> I'll that one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I come up with a stupid idea, it's like, hmm, I, and if it sits with me for more than two days, I throw a shirt up there on Zazzle. So. <laughs> um, I guess the last thing in here was D.B. Cooper. Just the, I, I just found it interesting this week. It's like this, this, this guy who's like, seems like he's really close to, he seems like he's certain, and every time, every few weeks, there's like a new story out that he has found another clue. Is this a guy that he's been on coast at least once? He thinks it's like some guy that lives in California or something now, and yeah, he thinks it's some guy who's alive for sure. I don't know where he lives, but somewhere in that area, yeah, in yeah, because he like he traced him. He had like a boat in Marina del Rey for a while, and then he was in San Diego or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and just just like last week, it came out that he like. The FBI letter came out. Uh, they released a letter they thought Cooper wrote, and at the bottom it had codes. And the guy, uh, he has a team of like researchers, and they okay. This was the dude I heard on Coast. Yeah, yeah. They looked at the looked at the numbers and ran them through all kinds of searches or whatever, and had a code breaker look at them, and they like connected each one of the numbers connected to this same dude's uh, branches of like the army, you know, different units in the army he was in matched up to the numbers. Yeah, where it was like. What are the odds? Right. Um, and I guess the story is the FBI, like, they don't want to they don't want to do anything about this guy's <laughs> research because it'll make him look silly. That's kind of the idea, which yeah. I kind of believe. That's his name. Uh, I've, I've got that. This was the guy I heard. His name is Rackstraw. Yeah, He's, that's the suspect. Yeah. Yeah, and the 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 uh, I can't remember the name of the the guy that uh, the, the guy that has this team here. Tom Colbert. 
There you go, Tom. Yes, yes. Colbert, uh, Colbert, yes, whatever. Every, Tom Colbert. Every time I read it, yeah, I, I, I pronounce it like Colbert. But yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's how it's supposed to be or not. Yeah. Um, he says his name is. I'm trying to fit Robert Rackstraw. That's a, that sounds like a, a Scooby Doo name. Robert Robert, Robert Rackstraw. Um, yeah, well, it would be good. Yeah, it fits for the for the story too. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> anyway, so that uh, if people want to look it up, that's the uh, that's that's the thread you got to follow. Yeah, it's, uh, it seems seems like it's a legit lead, and uh, much like the alien alloys, they're at an impasse uh, as to unless this guy can dig up something even better to connect this guy uh, Rackshaw to the crime or Rexall Straw. Uh, yeah. Straw, <laughs> rock raw. Uh, <laughs> then they can't really. Nothing's going to happen. I could see this guy, the suspect, dying, and then the FBI being like, "Yeah, we knew it was him, but we didn't arrest him because he was eighty or whatever." You know what I'm saying? But yeah. even then, they, they would look kind of like jerks for not doing that. But who knows? We'll see if that ever gets cleared up. But the more this guy uncovers, the tighter the circle is on this uh, rock straw guy. Yeah. Um, you know, that, so you maybe know, that's what we'll see solved someday. You know, I that's never... one thing that can be solved. Unlike you know, uh, JFK and uh, um, maybe Bigfoot, and most certainly um, uh, uh, Roswell. That uh, this is something where you've got a bunch of evidence still sitting around, and maybe some that hasn't been uncovered yet, and I, that can be almost unequivocal uh, if he gets it right. Although there have been many people <laughs> sent to jail and. Uh, <laughs> Without enough evidence, but it sounds like this guy's. I mean, I listened to the show and I've read some of his stuff, and it, it, it's a compelling story. Right, and this dude can make like a deathbed confession, you know. Yeah. So, so the next thing you know, but uh, yeah, did it. I always point to. It's like we should always hang our hat on. <laughs> ironically enough, as sorted as it's out, hang our hat on uh, on Deep Throat because that if anything was tailor made to be like a generational mystery that no one that people would fucking argue about, uh, you know, deep throat was, and that, that got solved. So, you know, cause the guy came forward and said he was, he was yeah, the guy. Mark so. felt, and then they actually were able to through a, through different parts of it's piecing different bits of evidence together. It's fairly, fairly certain that it was, um, Mark felt yeah. because he said the right things and said things that people shouldn't have known at the time and all that. Yeah. So it's like, if he hadn't decided to tell the world, uh, I don't know if they were going to keep it a secret after he died or not, but essentially it's like it could have been something that we'd still be talking about today and there'd be, you know, little communities like uh, like Colbert uh, or Colbert uh, trying to get to the <laughs> bottom of that mystery, you know, like the folks who are doing the Amelia Earhart stuff. It's like every every group has its every every mystery has its group. Yeah, well, there's that group that's that you just posted the other day that's um, going out looking in the Indian Ocean for the 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 um, oh, Malaysian airliner. airliner. Yeah, yeah. So all these all these mysteries have. Uh... Okay, the last thing you had on here, and we've got 15 minutes <laughs> to talk about him yeah. and and stumping Alexa's uh, the Jim Mars. Yeah, well, I mean, I did Radio Mysterio, so. Uh... And we talked a lot about Jim, so it's like I almost don't want to say oh, okay. too much more. But it's, you know, that it was just sad. We lost Jim. We lost a lot of, like, big people this year. Uh, uh, our Gary Patterson died also. And, yeah. um, oh, no, I feel bad. I forget her name. Um, she was like 
uh, she was like uh, an icon of. She's the one that did the Gulf War syndrome. Oh, Doctor Joyce Riley. Oh, okay. I didn't know that she had died. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I think the guy who popularized twenty twelve died too. Yeah. Um, I don't have his name on here right really? now. <laughs> to me, it just seemed like something that was just all over the place. I don't know. I couldn't even like. Oh, John Major Jenkins. Yeah. Okay. He, was, he says, uh, yeah, he was credited essentially with sort of like being the guy that put tw- uh, the, the 2012 thing on the map. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he died this year. And his uh, his whole thing was like that he uh, he kept trying to tell everybody that the that the thing, the date wasn't <laughs> the date wasn't like any big deal, but it got away from him. It, it was oh, almost okay. like a tragic sort of story, um, you know, because I was like going on his website and looking at some of the stuff he wrote like at the time. And he was like. Everyone needs to calm down. Like this is not, this is not like the end of the world here. Yeah, and December like, whatever oh, it was, twenty twelve. Yeah, December twenty first, twenty twelve. Um, yeah, well, there's another yeah, I, example of you know when something gets something gets pulled into the mainstream, it all subtlety is lost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just going. I'm just going to miss Jim. Jim is a huge influence on uh, on on me and. If I, you know, I've said it a million times. If I, if I hadn't picked up his book, I never would have got into all this. And we started every season with him, and it's just, uh, it's just sad, man. He was, he was the man. I mean, we had the chance to meet him in Texas. Uh, he came out to Texas just, just to show us around the Aurora. Cemetery. Well, he, he lived like less than ten miles from it, I think. Yeah. And that guy Dan uh, went and picked him up. Um, brought him over, and, and I still have the pictures of Jim Mars standing there in the cemetery with his little dossier on on the uh, Aurora Sem- the Aurora, Aurora crash. Then he took us over to the well and talked about that a little bit. I think the, where they supposedly threw the pieces. And yeah. Anyway, so that was a really really cool little thing to. Um, and I'd seen Jim one other time in my life and be able to talk to him at the uh, Laughlin conference in uh, when Bob Brown and his family used to run it back in. Uh, early 2000s, I think in 2002 or three, something like that. Um, I sang karaoke in the, on the same, not on the same time, but on the same stage with Jim, he was hanging out with, he just said, let's go to the bar. And Dave Childress was there and Walter was with us and Walter Bosley. And we went to the bar, we went to this like big, like room um, that had a bar in it. And we all sang karaoke and Jim Mars sang great balls of fire. <laughs> yeah. I remember you telling me that story. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, he was, it's funny, I I mean, there's a lot of people, I, I can't recall uh, ever really hearing about him sort of like having a feud with anybody or having a crossword really to say about anybody, you know what I mean? He was just very, no, he didn't. he was he didn't. Yeah, you know what, what, I, I mean? what I said to, um, I can't, I think I was working with Jimmy Church or somebody and he was talking about him, I sent him an email and I said, that, I, you know, I, I never saw Jim pull rank with anybody, you know what I mean? Like, I know and you don't, or whatever. He was just kind of like, well, whatever. You know, if he disagreed with somebody, he'd be kind of like, agree to disagree, which is a, which is a, gen- whatever you think of his research or anything like that, he was, he was, uh, very gentlemanly. Yeah. He was a great guy. I, I, I'm sure we didn't talk about this unless I was on Radio Mysterioso after he, uh, l- later after he passed away, but he, uh, they shot his ashes out of a cannon, you know. Oh, yes. I'd heard about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that what he wanted? I would assume so. Or <laughs> if he didn't, I'm sure he would have thought it was awesome. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's going to be a, a, a lonely uh, community without Jim around. I guess that's probably the best way to put it. Uh, you know, and, and 
he'll uh, I feel like in a way for me personally it'll be like as melodramatic as this might sound to some people uh, in a lot of ways it'll be like how I feel now that my dad's gone he's been gone for like 10 years but like things happen in the world uh, and you're just like oh I w- wish I could hear yeah what, opinion, would, what would his, his take be yeah, and it's like for the rest of my life, like every time something like comes up, it will be like, like when these JFK files yeah. came out. What would like, Jim oh, say? I wish Jim... Yeah, yeah. Or the or the New York Times thing it was like, oh, I wish, wish Jim was here. Like, <laughs> we yeah. have so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. Um, you know, and it's just eerie. The whole thing, you know, it's the final season. He started every season. It's like uh, a final season of you know, uh, Been All of America. He was on. All yeah, he was on for this this last season. Yeah, he still, it was the final season, and uh, it was the final interview. And it's like this. If anything, you know, the fates sort of like tell. It's, it's, I, I don't need any more confirmation, man. Like that. This is that, that. This is the path it has to go. I couldn't do a season eleven. The show starts with Jamar, so yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever comes next, like will won't be what people have been hearing for like the last decade. So okay. it's exciting. You you want to shut oh. the door on this, or you got something else? Yeah, I think we can pretty much shut the door on the year. I did want to mention because so I can uh, stump Alexa. I've I've wanted to uh, I've, I've put this guy over in a bunch of places, but I think if uh, if any because it's talking segue from <laughs> from uh, my show sort of winding down, I have to put over Aaron Golius's saucer life. It's amazing. Um, it's uh, I said on Twitter at the end of the year that I think it really like it, it was like transformative in a way for sort of this genre. It was like, he's really, he's really tapped into something really different and, and, uh, and exciting in a way. And, uh, so I can't put him over enough saucer life. It's really good. Yeah. I still have to listen to it. Please, please forgive me, Aaron, if you're listening to this, that I still have to listen to that. Cause I don't, I generally don't listen to other podcasts because i'm either too busy doing this or trying to get other stuff done um jeff uh go ahead i haven't listened uh to the more recent ones but i can tell you i I listened like through i think till the holiday started then i got busy but uh it's incredibly accessible because the shows are like some of them are like 15 minutes long yeah that's so perfect. Like, this is genius. Yeah, it's like Jesus. I'm yeah, it's two a, hour shows. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a para- podcast vine. So you know, <laughs> comparatively, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jeff on the on the uh, show chat at Radio Mysterioso actually said Robert John, founder of the uh, Pear Lab, Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research Lab, also passed away this last year. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, um, the, very important uh, figure in the. Um, parapsychology world actually not even parapsychology i mean the the theory of it what might be behind it and the the most most sophisticated experiments basically in the next you know a generation or two after uh uh, jb ryan and 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 his wife uh did their experiments i think uh pair lab lab is like you know the the rightful heir to the uh the ryan uh least uh, one of the main ones to the Rhine uh, legacy. So yeah, it was important. Yeah. Thanks Jeff for mentioning that. Yeah, yeah. And apologies to fans, family, friends of people who we didn't mention. It's like there was, this wasn't anything. This is just off the top of my head uh <laughs> right. Um uh, off the off the subject of Jim uh to some of those other folks who passed away. So, I'm sure I mean hell Tom Petty passed away. That was Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Who knows what the hell we're going to be talking about next year? We'll do one at least on my. You're, I don't know what iteration you're going to have with all your brand new toys, but definitely if you know this show's still going, well, I don't have any yeah. pro- plans to get rid of it. Who knows what the hell we'll be talking about at the end of this this year? Yeah, we'll be if I, we're I, still I, here. <laughs> I, you know exactly. I'm down with doing year in review every year, so it's it's fine with me. I enjoy doing them. Um, yeah. As far as hot or not for next year, hot UFOs. Um, yep, already. Conspiracies. Uh, you know, I think alternative science still, too, like space. I think, space I think is getting yeah, hard. I think that's going to be the, uh, from what I'm hearing about the fallout from the, the, you know, whatever you think about DeLong and that whole thing, I think the fallout of it is a opening up of science into areas that, were previously forbidden and i think as long as that's democratic as possible where everybody's open and nobody owns the technology completely or whatever which probably won't happen i think that was that's probably your most um impactful uh prediction for next year for this year yeah so we will see what happens all right you want to try and stump alexa yeah all okay, right. I, you, I, I've got two UFO questions and two music requests. So I don't know, the music right. requests might be easier. The first one I told you before we came on, what was Barney and Betty Hill's dog's name? All right, let's try it out. Alexa, what were Betty and Barney Hill's dog's name? Here's something I found on Wikipedia. Barney and Betty Hill were an American couple who claimed they were abducted by extraterrestrials in a rural portion of New Hampshire from September 19th to September 20th, 1961. Trying to BS, BS her way through the answer. Yeah, she just reads Wikipedia. So that's, that's all right. That's how it works for like, uh, <laughs> okay. I just realized that, I, yeah, I just realized that like all this shit about how they, how they use it to listen in on you. So it's like, they just got like whoever, (laughs) someone in a giant warehouse at Amazon just got like, uh, the full year in review episode by, (laughs) because it's in the room with us. Uh, so, so, so Alexa doesn't know Barney and Betty Hill's dog's name. Oh, so, so I've stumped Alexa already. That's, um, uh, it was Delzy and Delzy was a Mm. dachshund. If you you see that formal picture of him, they have Delzy sitting on, uh, Betty Hill's lap. Uh, what year did Rex Heflin get his, get his UFO photos returned? Can you do that one? Oh, returned. All right. She'll probably tell me when it was when he took them. But Alexa, what year did Rex Heflin get his photos returned? Sorry, I'm not sure. No, she doesn't even go to Wikipedia on that. Yeah. So, so uh, I've already stumped Alexa. Yes. Now, the, I, what I said I could do is stump Alexa on music. Right, right. Okay, so actual uh, questions is hard. She's not, you know. Okay, they're not there yet. Ask her to play the song from Worlds Afar by Molly Thompson. Is that the title uh, from Worlds Afar? Yeah, that is the name of the song. Okay, Alexa, play Worlds Afar by Molly Thompson. I can't find Worlds Afar by Molly Thompson. <laughs> wow, you stumped her on the music. I'm stunned. One more. Play Hava Nagila by Whistling Jack Smith. All right. <laughs> Alexa, play Hava Nagila by Whistling Jack Smith. I can't find Hava Nagila. Oh! I stumped Alexa on every one of them. 
Yeah, he swept her 4-0. Wow. <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> She's more for telling you what the weather's like. <laughs> you said that she'd play any song. Almost I, any song. Almost does, any does, song. does Alexa play stuff off YouTube? No, no, no. She plays it from the Amazon catalog. Oh, okay. So that, that I could have probably stumped her with anything, almost. I could could have asked her for um, what? I'm trying to think of kind of a more normal. Who sings? One. He's just who sings that? He's just a scientist song. Uh, um, uh, that might be on there. Um, let, let me look it up here. There, there's yeah. a, actually a couple different versions of it. Believe it or not. Yeah, but there's one that's like a kitschy version. That Connie Francis. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. it. Alexa, play. He's just a scientist by Connie Francis. He's just a scientist. It's this. <laughs> See, that's what happens. <laughs> it has to be on. It has to be on the Amazon Music catalog, huh? Alexa, stop. Yeah. Alexa, stop so playing that shit. A, I'm sick it, of it. You know. What's that? I said, Alexa, stop playing that. I'm sick of it. Oh, now she's listening to me on the on the speakers, I guess. Or do you have headphones? No, on? I got you on the headphones. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't. I probably missed. So, missold it on the at the end of Sunday night's show because I was pretty tired and it, <laughs> it had been a long night. Um, but yeah, no, it's cool if you like, you know, if you don't want to fumble around for CDs or anything like that, or even even your phone and just like shout out a song you want. I find it to be pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I uh, we we had one in the uh, we walked into the Airbnb in Tucson where we stayed last week, and as soon as we walked in, I saw it there, and and my sister in law actually went and unplugged it immediately after I said, "Alexa, stop spying on us." <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't see what. I thought about it like it would be good to bring uh like if I brought us to Paramania just to just to have music in the room. You know what I'm saying? Because to me, it's like, ah, it doesn't really matter to me what, what it might hear. Because <laughs> like, I'm not really... going anywhere near your room. Yeah. Or if I do, well, I'll I just start won't. saying a whole bunch of horrible stuff that'll get you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, no, I probably wouldn't bring it because it's like, it's kind of a pain in the ass to hook up anyway. So it's like, and I don't want to be on the Wi-Fi. Of, that's where you do get worried. I don't want to be like on the Wi-Fi of like the hotel <laughs> and just essentially give them a speaker into my room, you know? That's when you... I don't mind it so much on my home network or anything. But, yeah, honestly, as crazy as it sounds, I think it's like... I I, I was looking at the news today about that CES convention, and uh, I think it's in Vegas. Um, and and uh, these things are going to get bigger and bigger. The digital, per- digital personal assistants. It's like they're adding them into, like, everything. So... But, yeah, because they're talking about putting them in cars and shit, so I think it's going to be like cell phones. You're not going to be able to get away from these things uh, eventually, so might as well lean into the lean into the uh, New World Order. <laughs> um, okay, i let you pick. I've, I haven't picked the, the song I want at the end of my show in a long time. I always ask the guest, but I asked you last time, and you picked, um, what was it? Uh, Pleasant Valley Sunday. That's it. Uh, let's see i recently went on um on a spree on uh on youtube and looked for more ufo songs and i found a lot of them let's see let me me see if i can find one of them here 
Oh, here we go. You oh, have... Hold on. I do want to say, dude, thank you for everything over the years, uh, for being on the show all these times. I meant to look it up, count them, uh, but I don't remember what it was. I'll post it later, but, you know, dozens of times you were on the show, at least. Baseball specials and, uh, you know, you were like one of the first like five guests I think we had on the show. So you're, you're uh, integral to this whole thing. So thank you for all the all the good times. And I'm sure this won't be the last time we do shit, so... But, of of course not, and it's the end been of season sort of thing. totally fun and an honor the whole time. Okay, um, I'm going to play um, UFO Go Away. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. It's, I think it's a country song by Chuck Robbins, and um, I'll talk to you soon, Tim. Thanks very much, and thanks, yes. everybody, for listening. All right, good luck, Yeah.